Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Camerell Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host Kira Jade Opitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. Old business? Yeah. I feel I like know. there was something that I was thinking about doing old business, <laughs> I feel but it like wasn't this, important. This old business is becoming redundant. Occasionally <laughs> we have old business. business. Yeah, we should only do it when we have we old stopped, business. We completely stopped fact-checking ourselves. Now yeah. I just cut myself out when I say things that are incorrect. Well, that's good. That's yeah. really good. Do you cut Brody out when he says things that are incorrect? No, I leave that in. Yeah. So, so you need to do your own? <laughs> I mean, the majority of what I say is wrong, and people can just assume that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no new reviews, so unfortunately we won't find out Brody's Christmas fears. Ah, guys, you're letting us down. It's terrible. What if me and Kian just compliment you then? Will you tell us your Christmas fears? not good enough. (laughs) I mean, that would be very different from the usual. (laughs) I don't think I can compliment him. Yeah, I don't think it would make me feel dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay then, new business? Christmas. It is, in fact, Christmas. This mm-hmm. week. Jingle bells, jingle oh. bells. Jingle all the way. Bar humbug. He <laughs> doesn't like Christmas. This week, nobody intro, because it's fucking Gremlins from 1984. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where did they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. (laughs) Directed by Joe Dante. I don't know Joe Dante, or do I? I think you do. The name rings a bell, but I don't necessarily know if I've seen any of his other films. I've mentioned Joe Dante before on the podcast, and you were like, oh, yeah, right. Hmm." The name rings a bell, like I've said, yeah. He grew up working with legendary B-pitcher filmmaker Roger Corman, who Ah. I've mentioned before on the podcast. Roger Corman was of the school of filmmaking where... You would build a set, shoot a movie in a week, 
And then you already built a set, so you may as well shoot a second movie over the weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is how Little Shop of Horrors, the original 1960s version, got made. It was is shot it? over a weekend. Oh, it's a weekend one. Yeah. So he started in the kind of editorial department, cutting trailers for Roger Corman movies. Cool, cool. Kind of moved his way up. And then his first movie as a director was a Jaws cash-in slash knockoff called Piranha. Oh, right. From the from the late 70s. Can oh, the first Piranha. Movie. Yes. The original Piranha. Yes, not the remake of Piranha. Right, right, right. right. That is from a few years ago. That, Where it's yeah. like building on like monster movies essentially, but like nature is the monster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. As a child, I thought I'd have to worry more about Piranha than I do with an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Every time you say that, it's so true. Yep, that's what movies have taught me. <laughs> Do we have piranhas in Australia? No. Well, no wonder we haven't had had that problem. I have well, I eaten piranha. That. You've eaten a piranha? I've eaten piranha. I went to the Amazon, fished for piranha, and tell you what, it wasn't that great, but it was like <laughs> one of those things that they let you do when you're in there. Just tastes like regular fish or? Yeah, and I'm not a fish person, and it's like also they're fucking tiny. Like there's nothing on them. <laughs> <laughs> After the piranha, he would direct The Howling. I've heard of that. I've heard of The Howling a lot. I know it's isn't. It a terrible movie or is it? No, there's terrible sequels. Ah, right. There is, yeah, there's some sequels. Yeah. There's, a, there's a sequel called The Howling, The Marsupials, which is oh shot in Australia. Do you, is it on the list? No. Damn it. that movie is unwatchable. <laughs> For my money, The Howling is the second best wolf movie of 1981. Wow. The first is a movie called Wolfen, which is definitely on the list. Wolfen? Wolfen, yeah. Like Wolfen with a like apostrophe to no, like- No, there's no apostrophe. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and the reason it's the second best is because American Werewolf in London can go fuck itself. I don't get it. It's one of those classics I do not connect with. Yeah. I've not seen it. Yeah, I, it's one of those ones where it's like, it's too old. You know what I mean? <laughs> I it was it's too, too old. old. It's just, apparently it's funny. And that movie has never made me laugh, ever. It's 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 one of those ones, it's like, um, what's the Michael J. Fox one? What, Back to the Future? No, the werewolf one. <laughs> oh, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf is a good time. See, it's like, it, that one again, it's like... I mean, it's terrible. I've never it's seen it because movie. it's just too old and I was like, meh. Too old. Yeah, but it, okay. it, it had such hype around it as well. It was older and it had a lot of hype and I'm like, I'm just not interested in it. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Teen Wolf's a good time. Teen Wolf 2 is also a good time. Okay. Teen Wolf Have I seen Teen Wolf? No, you've never seen Teen Wolf. I'd definitely watch it for this pod. Like, I love Michael J. Fox. I love oh, Michael that's, J. Fox. Yeah. Oh, that's a list. Team 2 has Jason Bateman. Oh, of course. Okay. As Double J, Feach? As Michael J. Fox's cousin. Double Feach pod? No. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine how long that podcast would go for? <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Two-parter. Anyway, Steven Spielberg was impressed with The Howling, so he invited Joe Dante to direct a segment of the cursed movie The Twilight Zone. Hmm. Why is it cursed? Mm, that's a whole conversation about that movie. Okay. Yeah. It's funny I guess how much we'll get to have that conversation later. No, we're never going to do the Twilight Zone. It's funny how much the Twilight Zone has so, informed so much <laughs> of my like understand. Like it's a thing, you know. Twilight episode, Twilight Zone is like a phrase. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because it was a big show in the it was a big show in the in the sixties, and then it was a big movie in the early eighties, and then a TV show again, and then Jordan Peele tried to bring it back again, like last year, the year before. Oh. so it's yeah. And I, yeah, and I've just never seen anything of it. It was an anthology science fiction horror show. So it was the like starting place of lots of people that went on to do other things. Ah, cool. And also inspired lots of other things. I mean, a lot of Simpson episodes. Lots of, lot of Simpson episodes. Yeah. The reason that movie's cursed is because it had a very troubled production and actors were killed during the production. Oh. 
Yes, by the director of An American Werewolf in London, which is also why. Fuck that guy. Heck dick. So anyway, but... That sentence made it sound like the director killed people on the set of that movie. He was responsible. Yeah. Oh, oh, you weren't... Get, I thought that was just bad phrasing. I'm, he is responsible. Oh. He might not have done the action, but he's responsible. Yes. Oh. You can look it up in your own time. I will. Okay, cool. Directing the Twilight, a segment of The Twilight Zone enticed him away from directing Halloween 3 Season of the Witch oh. for John Carpenter, which we talked about on the Halloween 3 yeah. episode. Yeah. Right. And then Gremlins was the movie he made after, after The Twilight Zone. Again, teaming with Spielberg, who is an above-the-line producer on this movie. It is Steven Spielberg Presents Gremlins, because by that point he's already he's a still brand still Spielberg. Yeah. So when you say above the line producer, does that mean they present it? Is that, uh, what I, is said, that I said above the line. What I mean is above the title. Ah, uh, right. Thank you. Look at the box. It yes. says Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Yes. Okay. People like it was Steven sold Spielberg. as being a Spielberg movie or right. of the realm of a Spielberg movie. So what does that do for a director's career when it's like, you're when not, they are not the well. Well, when they're the director, but they're kind of overshadowed and like it's sold as another director. In this movie, it doesn't really make a difference. But there are other Steven Spielberg movies where people then claim that Spielberg directed that movie, which he did not. Oh, which we'll talk about when we get to it. Okay, cool. Set up for one day. <laughs> <laughs> he directed ET, though, right? Spielberg directed ET. Yeah, just yeah. checking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's like the one that we yeah. all know. Yeah, that I was just the one. <laughs> Thank was you just, for checking the just, one. The no, but like that's like the famous Jurassic one. Park. Yeah, but like that's, Indi- all the Indiana Jones. Wasn't ET like his big one? Like, Jaws. No, he's like first big one. Jaws. Or was Jaws first? Jaws is from the seventies. ET is from like nineteen eighty four. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, not eighty four. It's like eighty two, whatever it is. I can't remember. That makes sense. It's the same year as the thing. It's eighty two. I was just making sure that you know. There wasn't a big piece of my film knowledge that was incorrect was because incorrect. of producers. Okay. I totally forgot he did Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Joe Dante. Yeah, sorry. Joe Dante <laughs> would go overshadowed again. Joe Dante would go on to direct Explorers with Baby Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix in some of their fir- their first film roles. Yeah. A movie called In Space, which has some fantastic miniature effects in it. The Burbs. Oh, the I know that one. Yeah, The Burbs is fantastic. One day. I don't think I know that one. I'm not even going to tell you about it because when you see it, you'll be like, this is great. Okay, mad. Gremlins 2, uh, Matinee, Small Soldiers. Oh. I think I know that one too. Wait. Yes, with Kirsten Dunst. Are you really? Yes. Huh. That's later, way later, right? It's like 2000. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. Me too. I've been meaning to watch that. That's been on my Netflix queue since like we first mentioned it on this pod. Looney Tunes back in action in 2003. <laughs> That's got to be a good film, right? It, mm, no. <laughs> uh, it's the movie that almost killed him and his career. Oh. Holy shit. Because he f- had to fight the studio at every point because they didn't Physically under- with his bare yeah. hands. <laughs> they didn't understand what the Looney Tunes really were. Uh, right. By that point. Yeah. And then only two more movies since then. So since 2003, he's only directed two other movies. Huh. Huh. The Hole and uh, Barry. Oh, we've seen that. The I'm, Hole? I haven't seen that. Is that like hole. a horror movie? Have we not? I've not seen The Hole. I feel like I've seen that. We've seen a movie about a hole. I'm sure we did. <laughs> 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 and a movie called Bearing the X. No, thanks. I have seen neither. In the backyard. Bearing, burying the X? Are you thinking the about X? the gate? The treehouse falls in. That's the gate. That's the gate. That's the gate, bro. Loose podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We've done a lot of movies this year, guys. We have. We really have. 
Joe Dante is currently the co-host of The Movies That Made Me, a podcast with screenwriter Josh Olsen, which I highly recommend, as well as his YouTube channel, Trailers From Hell, that features filmmakers talking over trailers and movies that they love. And yes, the Netflix show right, thank stole you. the name and Get changed one Get out of my fucking more. head, by the way. It's literally on the I page. literally, like, was it the other pod that I was like, so, and you knew what I was going to say, I literally just went. <laughs> <laughs> I can just predict your trans thought. Yeah, I'm thank you. I'm just pre-cog you. <laughs> Written by Chris Columbus. Yay! Ah. Yeah. So he went to film school at NYU and made a short film while he was there that got Spielberg's attention and then sold some screenplays. Gremlins was his second feature film screenplay. He would go on to write Goonies and Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh, was, was Gremlins before Goonies? Yes. Oh, it's shit. the year before. Okay. And Young Sherlock Holmes. Have you seen Young Sherlock Holmes? It rings a bell. I don't think I've seen it. It's really good. Okay. It's fantastic. That's a movie that people talk about because it's got one of the, it's got the first ever CGI character in it. Huh. Okay. Yeah which was a big deal all the time. Columbus would go on to become a director himself. His first movie is Adventures in Babysitting with Elizabeth Shue. He was fired and or quit, <laughs> depending on who you ask, from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. Oh, was it something to do with Chevy Chase? Of course it was. Yeah, it's always something <laughs> to do with Chevy It was either Chevy Chase hated him or he was like, Chevy Chase is such a pain in the ass that I'm leaving. <laughs> I honestly just watched the movies that made us episode where that got mentioned. And right. I think it was, as far as that show goes, he left because Chevy Chase was an asshole. So I've heard it the other way around. Yeah. Well, right. Because it's Chevy Chase. So yeah. There's always two sides to a story. Yeah. There's the correct side and there's Chevy Chase's side. <laughs> Home Alone 1 and 2. Oh, shit. I never knew he wrote those. He directed them. Directed them. Okay. Yes. Fuck. Mrs. Doubtfire. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Wow. Or uh, also Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Yes, and so on. And he's still working. He just he was the executive producer on the Christmas Chronicles, with where Kurt Russell plays Santa. We watched the oh, first. We watched the first. Good? We watched the first one, and Kurt Russell is amazing. As yeah, Santa Claus, as always. Right. Yeah. And then he we really watched, is. And then the second one. <laughs> and then we watched the second one, which I'm pretty sure Chris Columbus directed the second one, and the second one was horrendous. Without him. Uh, without um, Kurt Russell's still in it. Oh, still good though. No, the movie's <laughs> terrible, but the movie was terrible. Kurt is good. He just had less to do. He was less uh, impressive right. than he was in the first one. Starring Zach Galligan as Billy Peltzer. This is his first film. Mm. Uh, yeah. He is baby faced. I feel he's a little baby faced. Yeah. yeah, he's still working, but there's really only two movies of his that we would ever talk about. What's he's the other been one? In lots of other stuff. Uh, well, Gremlins two, the new. Oh, batch. of course, yeah, and Warlock. The Armageddon. Is that a wait? Is that a sequel to a war, to a movie that we've had? It's a sequel it to a, a movie secret? that you did not pick on this. Yeah, podcast. It's, it's, damn it! The secret sequel to Warlock. It is in fact the sequel to Warlock. Is that what it's called, Warlock? I forgot about that one. Warlock. I can't wait for movies to start coming back. Hey, Warlock the Armageddon. Phoebe Cates as Kate. They could have been brother and sister. They looked so similar. <laughs> That's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, it's Phoebe Cates. You guys, I hate no, my, no, no. <laughs> my face blank is face yeah. blank. <laughs> no, the, well, there's a reason. There's a reason, no, and I'll talk, talk about it in a second. But she is very famously known from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, mm, yeah, I've, I've never not seen, seen that. that. Remember, in, yes, you you've seen Fast Times at Ridgemont oh. High. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what you've seen. Is this not themed? I don't remember what I've seen. Oh, no, don't I feel saw bad. The hole. I definitely saw a movie that had a hole. 
No, I haven't seen Fast Time in Richmond. You've seen Fast Times in Richmond. <laughs> there was a movie I've seen. I think it was called Hole. It had a treehouse. Was it called The Gate? Mm, probably. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Fast Times at Richmond High still lives in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. Phoebe Cates taking off her top on a diving board, which played a role in the in the most recent season of Stranger Things. I remember that reference. Yeah, that's what they're referencing. So oh, anyway. I, haven't seen I don't necessarily remember the movie, but okay, I do remember that reference. Mm. Anyway, she's also in Gremlins 2 and Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred. Ah. She's the lead in Drop Dead Fred. I love Drop Dead I Fred. I feel like I may have watched that with you guys. No. No. No? <laughs> no. Drop Dead Fred. That rings such a bell. Got false memories today. I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on. You've not yeah. seen Drop Dead Fred with us. Drop Dead Fred is a movie that I've heard It's got of. Rick Mail from the young ones as mm, you're losing Phoebe Cates's imaginary friend from childhood that comes back when she's an adult and causes chaos. Oh yeah. There's that rings a bell. Yeah. He has red hair. It's amazing. Um, Carrie I Fisher's can't picture it. it. Yeah. Okay. It's great. She, is it on the list? We should do that one. Oh, drop dead Fred. It's absolutely on the list. We yeah. should do that one. She retired from acting in the late nineties to raise her children with Kevin Klein. Oh. She's married to actor Kevin Klein. Oh, is that, Oh, I feel like is wait. He from Charlie's Angels? Was he the weird guy in Charlie's Angels? Who's Kevin Klein? Oh my god, you guys, what the fuck is happening today? The weird guy from Charlie's names Angels. That I know. The weird guy from Charlie's Angels is Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover, that's right. Him and Kevin Klein look nothing. Who's al- Kevin Klein? Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, no I'll stop derailing. I'm so glad this is like the last one of these <laughs> that we're doing this year because Jesus Christ, every uh, five seconds. Oh no, holes. No, father, I haven't seen that movie. Who's that person? <laughs> the fuck is happening? You always say you that we should ask more questions. You do. You should ask more questions. But <laughs> no, he doesn't say that to me. <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So where do you know him from? Uh, everywhere. He's been everything. Yeah, Fish Called yeah. Wanda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah. It's Kevin Klein. Okay. She returned very briefly to acting in a movie called The Anniversary Party, which is a fun indie early digital video movie. Oh, okay. Directed cool. by her co-star of Fast Times at Richmond High, Jennifer Jason Lee. Well, co-directed because it was also, she also directed with Alan Cumming. That was just a fun. They just shot it at like Jennifer Jason Lee's house. It's just like a hangout movie. It has That's cool. Very high stakes. She currently runs a boutique on the Upper East Side of New York called the Blue Tree and when people come into the store and tell her she looks a lot like Phoebe Cates, she replies, I get that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What a legend. Other cast, I will gush over as they appear. Trailers, no trailers because this is a retail tape. Yeah. Did you just say Corey? (laughs) Okay. That's like just, I mean, later. (laughs) Just excited about it. We did get a disclaimer on the retail tape before the movie. To ensure the best picture quality and to preserve the complete film image, the creators of Gremlins have requested that it be exhibited with a black border above and below the picture. We trust your enjoyment of Gremlins will remain undiminished. Are they describing like don't change or change your TV settings to watch it in a certain way? Well, there's a there is a black bar at the top and bottom. It is not in sixteen by nine. Oh, it is an unmatted thirty five millimeter frame. Okay. okay. We have like the Warner Brothers Collector Series tape, right? So it's a yeah. retail tape from later. It's a retail tape from like probably the 90s. So by then, pen and scan exists. So most movies have been modified to take- Fit square TVs. We'll take a 16 by 9 frame and zoom in on the 16 by 9 frame and then pan across to where the relevant information on the screen is. This is not that. This is the full 35 millimeter frame. Yeah. So this is, we're going to take off the 16 by 9 bars 
from the top and the bottom of the frame because in a cinema it's cropped down to 16.9 from 35mm. And so we're just going to present it like that because we don't want it zoomed in and panning around the frame. Mm. Right. And when you do that, you have black, tiny black bars at the top and top and bottom. Uh. You can see the edge of the film frame. Right. right. Okay. In this in this version. Now the reason that you guys didn't notice it because you fuckers watched it in 4K on Stan. Yeah, I yeah, did. I did. Yeah, yeah, I knew. <laughs> I watched both versions. So the ver- <laughs> but then the version on Stan isn't in. 35 millimeter. No, it's in, it's in 16 by 9, which is closest to the. So. But the, the makers of Gremlins would like us to watch it in 35 millimeter. Only if you're watching it on a square TV. Oh, okay. Right? They're okay with it being in 16. They nine. just don't want it to be zoomed in and cropped. Oh, okay. So they're like, we'll show you the whole 35 millimeter frame, but don't zoom around it. So don't we would have seen this it. the full frame. Yeah. No. On, no, we no. would have seen 16. 16. Oh, right. Sorry. It's all very confusing. It is. Lots of numbers. <laughs> You're a filmmaker, buddy. <laughs> so because there was no trailers to provide some historical context for the big movies of June 1984, the month that Gremlins came out, the number one movie at the box office, it opened the exact same day as Gremlins, was Ghostbusters. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. Did you see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. Do you want this body? Is this a trick question? <laughs> stick. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. Oh, shit. That would have actually been a really good double feature. Tonal tonal match, hey. But yeah, it does kind of steal away from each other. Would you classify Ghostbusters as... Comedy horror or gateway horror or just comedy, straight comedy? It's comedy horror. So this movie didn't come out in December then? No, despite the fact that it is a Christmas movie. They probably should have. Wait until Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It opened in the summer, which is where you make all the money. Yeah. Uh, 
Would you go see a Christmas movie in summer? I kind of yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you but would. But it's not but sold as a, cr- a Christmas movie. It's just sold as Gremlins. That's true. But always forget it's a Christmas movie until you start talking about it. Until you start watching it and everything's Christmassy? Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Number two at the box office was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. From Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones. Oh. Which had opened the previous month and was still making still making money. Mad. Back when movies could do that. Obviously, like Top Gun Maverick that's still in the cinemas at the moment. Still in the cinema, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah so go see Top Gun Maverick. Fucking still going strong. Mad. So Gremlins was the third biggest movie of the month. And then in four was Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Also still playing in wide release in cinemas at that time were Breaking, the Canon Films breakdancing movie. Oh, <laughs> mad. That's on the list, right? Yeah, sure. Fuck yeah. Police Academy, Romancing okay. the Stone, Karate Kid. Karate wow. Kid. Streets of Fire, 16 Candles, Footloose, Firestarter, and Conan the Destroyer. Wow. Karate Kid didn't do better? It had already been open. Oh, uh, okay. So these were movies that were still playing in cinemas. Right. Yeah. But it went and well Gremlins. when it first came out, didn't it? Yeah. Ish? Yeah, it was a hit. Did Gremlins compete with those? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fuck yeah. Like, Good on it. Also, like, that list, man. Oh, like, no, that's every fucking- single You've been in movies every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what absolutely. the fuck, man? What kind of movies are we getting these days? <laughs> no, <hey>? right? <laughs> to have that fucking- We don't even get that many. <laughs> like, but to have those movies all playing at the same time, what the fuck has happened to our world? Yeah. We get like one good movie. In that that, the, that is a fucking movies. use case for what we've been saying. This is like, why I say movies are bad now. Yeah. Movies aren't bad now. I mean, no, but we get a, a lot of just a noise. One. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about noise. We'll yeah. talk about noise in our next episode. Ooh, set up. Who's going to recap the premise of Gremlins? What else is there to just describe the plot? Um, guy gives a kid a pet that is a cute pet, but if you break the rules, it turns into a dangerous monster. Sure. Well, it doesn't, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it spawns the dangerous monsters. It spawns dangerous monsters. I mean, you missed out all the thematics and the subtext, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to say it we as short as possible. Gizmo. Oh, we did not bring Gizmo. Uh, although I was going to talk about it in Gizmo in a second. Yeah, but we didn't bring Gizmo. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> the Blockbuster Entertainment Guide to Movies and Videos from the year 1998. The entry for Gremlins. Boy receives an unusual pet that leads to incredible trouble when he fails to take care of it properly. I mean, that's exactly what I said, right? Shut up, shut up pretty. <laughs> Spielberg-influenced attempt to combine horror and heartwarming comedy suffers from obvious plotting and violence far too extreme for young viewers. Still, a plethora of in-jokes helps. Three and a half stars. Interesting. Will we say it's too extreme violence? It's pretty full on. Yeah, but you don't see any of it, really. Well, you see some stuff. Okay. Most of the violence we'll is towards to gremlins. Yeah. Which yeah. is less scary because they're not... They're not human. Well, yeah. Or mm. dogs. Jenna Maslin of the New York Times... Didn't. ...is Vincent Campy of the New York <laughs> Times. And in June of 1984, he wrote, 
uh, and I'm coming in, of course, after the recap. Gremlins was produced by Steven Spielberg and directed by Joe Dante, who was responsible for the It's a Good Life, one of the better episodes of The Twilight Zone, the movie. Gremlins is a wiseacre mixture of movie buff jokes, movie genres, and movie sensibilities. It's as schizoid as the Mogwai. <laughs> <laughs> then he just recaps about what the Mogwai are just in case you didn't know, and also spoiling it for you not to just discover it on your own in the movie. At which point, Gremlins explodes in an orgy of special effects, which should scare the wits out of the very small children for whom I assume the movie was made. Both Mr. Dante and Chris Columbus, who wrote the screenplay, have antic senses of humor, but they are unreliable. They attack their young audience as mercilessly as the creatures attack their characters. One minute, they're finally recalling Frank Zappa's sentimental classic, It's a Wonderful Life. The next minute, they're subjecting this Casper small town USA to a devastation that makes the original invasion of the body snatchers look benign. I have no idea how children will react to the sight of a Kingston Falls mum carving knife in hand, decapitating <laughs> one gremlin and shoving another into a food processor head first. Will they laugh when Billy Peltzer, the film's idealized, intentionally dopey 20 year old hero, is threatened by a gremlin with a chainsaw and then stabbed and then stabbed by a gremlin with a spear gun? There's no spear gun in this movie. Nah. Will they cheer when Billy blows up the Kingston Falls movie theater, where the gremlins, now resembling the average kitty matinee crowd, are exuberantly responding to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Gremlins is far more interested in showing off its knowledge of movie lore and making random jokes than in providing consistent entertainment. Gremlins, which has been rated PG, may not be the ideal entertainment for younger children for the reasons described above. I don't think it's that bad for kids. Like, it's not, they're not real animals. Like, yeah, still pretty, and they're the bad guys. It's still pretty dark and violent for children. Yeah, so I the, hear that. It depends on what kind of children he's thinking are going to go yeah. see this. But if like 10 to 12 year olds are seeing this, I think that it's fine. Yes, but PG is for younger than that. And this movie is rated PG, which mm. leads to a historical note that plays into this movie's place in history because it was this movie and Temple of Doom both being rated PG and having parents complain about the violence that was being put in front of their children PG-13 that led to Spielberg suggesting to the MPAA that there be a rating between PG and R which is PG-13. Is there no M in the States? No. So in Australia we have PG which is just parental guidance yeah. and then we have M which is guidance for under 15 and then MA 15 plus which is restricted for under 15s and then R which is for 18 plus in the United States they don't have those middle M and MA ratings they oh. have PG 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 13 and R Wow. Right. We and have then, PG-13 over here too, don't we? And No, we don't have PG-13 over here. But we get it from America. Uh. Yeah. And television ratings are different. There's PG-14, which is a different rating. Hmm. Yeah. Can we just, you know, because it was mentioned in that review, just give a shout out to his mum, the, the mum character who is a fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's unbelievably just ruthless. Yes. My backstory with Kremlins. I don't remember a time in my life when Gremlins wasn't part of my life. <laughs> We've talked about my year one creative writing book before. Yes. Well, as well as recaps of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies in far too much detail than is appropriate for a child of that age, <laughs> I also wrote stories about having a Mogwai pet named Gizmo and having adventures stopping Gremlins. Nice. Including giant kaiju-sized Gremlins. <laughs> Mad. I, as a child, had a Gizmo one-to-one uh, -one size stuffed toy yeah. replica. That I lost. Yeah. We haven't been able to find it. But as an adult, I own the Trick and Treat Studios replica puppet, 
which was meant to be sitting on, sitting on the table, but we forgot to bring it with that us. That your this fantastic wife got you for Christmas. Yes. Yeah, my wife got, got it for Christmas, and Very I would love it you. if I had a full size replica Gremlin. And Christmas is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Hint. <laughs> Hint. If you want to watch Gremlins, you just you can just watch it. It's everywhere. It's yeah. on all the things. Yeah. So in Australia, it's streaming in 4K on Stan. So there is a 4K Blu-ray that came out recently, which is where that 4K is from. On that, how did this permeate through the zeitgeist, which is one of my words that I use all the time on this fucking pod? Through pop culture. Yeah. How did it? How did it? Just, a big did deal. it just hit big and never die? Toys. Or it, toys everywhere. Yeah. Right. So like merchandising. Merchandising. Yeah. It's the Spielberg machine in the eighties. Interesting. So everything has toys. Obviously, Spielberg and George Lucas are best mates, right? Yeah. So they know how to merchandise the shit out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Gremlins was everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's mad. I grew up with Gremlins. I remember you saying like, oh, you've probably seen Gremlins 2 and not Gremlins. Like, I don't think I've seen Gremlins 2, but I've definitely seen this oh, okay, before. Cool. Yeah. yeah, cool. I wondered. It more, it, Gremlins 2 is the more accessible movie. Oh, right. Okay. It's also the sillier movie. It's more ca- way more cartoony. More Even comedy. more cartoony. Yeah, right. Okay. the original Gremlins. Yeah. Interesting. Are we going to watch that? Fuck yeah, we are. Fuck yeah, I'm mad. Yeah. And even more ambitious, like triple the ambition. Okay. In terms of what they try to, they can achieve with, I don't, with the Gremlins. I don't picture this being like a special effects heavy, ambitious movie, but it, it fucking is, is man. So, yeah. It, it's built on a special effects. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. We open pre-credits in Chinatown with Rand Peltzer in a voiceover introducing himself. He's an inventor with a story to tell and it's a story like nobody else's. Can I ask, why the fuck is he narrating? Feels like studio notes to me. Right. Okay. Feels like- Oh, like he just rocked up at the start and it was mysterious. And then they're we like, don't know why what's is happening. he doing it? He also, in a second, after he's been in the store, does something that I feel just screams studio notes. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So he's following a kid to his grandfather's store through Chinatown. And the store's in a basement that is <laughs> so fairly, weird, run, yeah. fairly run down and filled with, you know, curios and, and Chinese artifacts. Rand immediately puts the hard sell on the, the grandfather for the bathroom buddy. Well, friends, you do have a lot of interesting artifacts here, but there's one thing you don't have. And what's that? Well, let me show you. I got it right here. I'm an inventor. I made this the bathroom buddy. It's the invention of the century, friends. It eliminates the the need to carry heavy luggage and things when you travel. And you got yourself your shaving mirror. You got yourself your toothbrush. You got yourself a toothpick. You got toenail clippers. You got nail file. You got yourself a dental mirror. This is going to revolutionize traveling. I love the dad. He's such a good character, man. He's so warm and loving. Yeah. And he just. And he has lots of fun adven- uh, fun inventions that and, don't work. <laughs> and like, I know we're jumping ahead, but like the dynamic between the mom and the dad just seems like it's so understanding and loving. I fucking really dig this family dynamic yeah. in this movie. <laughs> the grandfather, Mr. Wing is his name in the sequel. He doesn't get a name. He's just grandfather in this, ah. in this movie, but I'm going to call him Mr. Wing because that's what they call him in the sequel. He's played by Key Luke. He's the original Kato in the Green Hornet serials ah. from the 1940s and was Master Po in the TV show Kung Fu. Oh, very cool. He's also a founding member of the Screen Actors Guild. 
Huh. He's one of the, the actors that was responsible for putting the guild together when it first started. Nice. And he was the first Chinese American ever to be signed to a contract by a major studio in the 1930s. Right. So he's kind of a, kind of a legend. He's also an artist. He worked on the press kit, so on the artwork for the press kit for the original King Kong before he got into acting. Mr. Wing is not interested, and Rand gets distracted by some cooing and singing sounds that are coming from over in a crate. So adorable. And when it he goes is. to investigate, the kid tells him it's a mogwai, and he wants it. Mr. Wing's not willing to sell. Rand offers him $200, but still no deal. Because with Mogwai comes much responsibility. The kid tells Rand to wait outside and that he will sort it out. And then he sells Rand the Mogwai, telling him in ADR the rules. Ah. Yeah. Which is what feels like a studio note to me. Let's do the rules here so that people instantly understand what the rules are. Oh, right. $200 is a bargain for a gizmo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We get a slow motion shot that is a fake slow motion shot. It's a post-production slow motion shot of Rand walking through Chinatown that lasts just long enough for him to hear the rules be explained to him. Yeah. That feels like it was completely built in post-production. And we get the, the rules, the rules, the rules. Look, mister, there's three rules you've got to follow. Yeah, what kind of rules? Keep him out of the light. He hates bright light, especially sunlight. It'll kill him. And keep him away from water. Don't get him wet. But the most important rule, the rule you can never forget, no matter how much he cries, no matter how much he begs, never, never feed him after midnight. I mean, it does make sense that they would tell him the rules as he purchases them. Yeah, it does. But we then hear them again in like five minutes. Yeah, that's probably the... So, But it feels like it should have, it needs to come from, we're going to make it clearer. It's not clear where the rules came from. Right? Yeah, I always misremembered this in my memory of this movie. I always thought he like was going to sell it to him, told him the rules, and then it was like, "No, I can't sell you sell you this." Like after he did some faux pas, you know what I mean? Yeah, the rules: keep them out of the light, no bright light, don't get them wet, and don't feed them after midnight. It's pretty simple stuff, guys. Mm, <laughs> it is. Which midnight? Thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to say that up top. I just feel like we need to get that out of the way so that it doesn't become a thing for him to just. All I all I will say is I watched this movie with Ellie. A fuck. I, I watched this movie with Ellie, and the whole time, like Ellie was voicing the me, my voice inside my head, going like, "So what time can you start to feed them again when the sun you know? comes up?" <laughs> That's what we're assuming. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like, yes, that is definitely something that is not mentioned. No. Yeah. But doesn't matter. Yeah, no. There's that's a lot something of that, that's something that 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 YouTube was made to discuss, which yes. I do not give a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I just wanted to note at this point how beautiful the lighting of this scene and the whole movie is, and that there is a level of lighting craft in this movie huh. that just does not exist in horror comedy anymore. <laughs> like nobody goes through the amount of effort to make a movie look this good at this budget level anymore. Like it's is it incredible. because they had to do everything? Is it because they had to have all of the scenes with Gizmo and that happen when it's darker and therefore they had to think about how they were going to do light more? Yeah, it's all that stuff. It's just lit beautifully. Yeah. It's just really, really well shot and filmed. All the production design is gorgeous. It all is all very, very, I mean, it's always deliberate, but it's so desi- well designed and it has to be designed for the effects. One of the reasons that Gremlins can't be in bright light is so that we don't expose our special effects. Yeah. <laughs> it's all shot on a big screen set hey it's shot mostly back lot 
back yeah. one stages. Yeah. I'll talk um, about that specifically in a second. Because the only time that I realized that like it was so well put together was in the daylight scenes. I was like, oh, this is a really nice like set that they've put together. But I didn't notice the lighting at all. So it's really one of those things where it's like, it was so good. Like I just didn't even notice it. We then hear the voice of Rock and Ricky Rialto, the voice of Kingston Falls on his billboard. He is just dressed like Indiana Jones as a kind of yeah. in joke to the producer oh, of this movie. Oh, right. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and we see our first shot of Kingston Falls, Town Square, which is a combination of a beautiful glass matte painting yeah, and a, oh, and a back lot. I thought it was like a little a little um, models that they like no. positioned at a certain so angle. it's live action in the middle and painting around the edges. Oh, and it's shot, such a good- And it's shot in camera. Through glass, the painting is on glass. Oh, hectic! And then you're seeing through the glass that is not painted on to see the see the studio backlot. Is that why it feels like there's a three Dness to it? That sounds so dumb. Why do I, I sound know so dumb mean. on I this all the time? Mean. I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, it feels like it's a model, not a matte painting. Did you guys recognize Kingston Falls? No, no, you did not recognize Kingston Falls. It's Courthouse Square on the Universal Studios backlot. It's Hill Valley from Back to the Future. Oh. It is too. As soon as you say that, that look, it's so familiar. There are shots. So they keep the, they keep the clock tower out of, out of shot. Yeah. They, they, they shoot around it because it's recognizable. Already recognizable. It's so familiar. At this point. But there are other jokes. Like it's on the edge of frame sometimes. You can see like one of the columns in the edge of frame. That blows me out. Yeah. It's it's Christmas. So we get a snowball fight as kids are waiting. We also get the um, Christmas song. Such a tune. Yeah. Um, Fuck. Such a good setting, that song. Some kids are fighting, fighting with snowballs as they wait for the bus, and the bus is parked right in front of the clock tower. Uh, to hide the clock tower. Uh, you can see just see the clock tower behind it if you know what you're looking for. On a Christmas tree lot, the local sheriff is trying to grift a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for mine. And we meet Pete in his tree costume. I will talk about Pete when we see his face for the first time. Fair enough. Just waiting for Kira. <laughs> and out front of his house... Billy is trying to get into his VW Beetle that won't start, and it is very covered in snow. His car has a lot of problems. His car does have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. His neighbour, Mr. Flutterman, the local Mr. Plough, as it were. So remember, call Mr. Plough. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plough. Yeah, <laughs> comes over and bitches about goddamn foreign cars. Yeah, there is a... His plough never breaks because it's a K- Kentucky harvester. <laughs> This guy is, is he, a serious racist. He's a racist. Against cars. <laughs> he's a racist, but this movie is skewing America and Americana. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he, he's a type. Yeah. He's a nobody buys American anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, definitely. So There's a, we're losing jobs we're in losing, America. Losing, we need to- He's the working man. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So he's playing, he's playing a type. That's Dick Miller. You guys recognize Dick? Nah. Oh my God. He was in over 180 movies in a career that spanned from the 1950s until he passed away in 2019. Big, big star or just just solid worker? Just every man, right? He's in so many movies that you have seen that you just did not not realize. Oh, that's a shame. I feel bad. He's in the original Roger Corman, Little Shop of Horrors, that the Broadway play and then the remake movie from the 1980s is based on, which I love. He's in every single Joe Dante movie. Okay. Wow. He's in every movie Joe Dante has ever made. I mean, that's what you want to do if you're an actor, become fucking super good mates with the director and be like, I'll be in every single one of your movies. Yeah, he's kind of like yeah. Joe Dante's lucky charm. Yeah. Right? He just is in everything. He's the gun store clerk in The Terminator. The 45 long slide with laser siding. These are brand new. We just got them in. That's a good gun. 
Just touch the trigger, the beam comes on, and you put the red dot where you want the bullet to go. You can't miss. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in a 40-watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. The Uzi 9mm. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. Oh, vaguely, yeah. It's the guy that sells, uh, Arnold asks him for like a laser gun thingy and he's like, just what you can see, pal. Yeah. The reason he's in the Terminator is because James Cameron got his start in the effects department for on Roger Corman movies. Ah. Right? He's in a deleted scene in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> oh. That was on the special edition VHS. <laughs> yes, yeah, a VHS that had deleted scenes. Wow. One of the things to, to note in here is the guy playing Monster Joe is Dick Miller, who's one of my favorite character actors. If you're a Joe Dante fan, he's in every Joe Dante movie, and he's been in, was in 72 Roger Corman movies, and it was just um, just an honor to put him and Harvey Cattell in the same frame. So anyway, here it is. It's the Monster Joe and Raquel scene. Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. <laughs> Your business is always welcome. I think by now I've earned the equivalent of frequent flyer miles. Frequent flyer. Tell you what. If you ever need it, I'll dispose of a body part for free. How about an upgrade? You dispose a whole body for the price of a body part. Was that no frills body disposal? <laughs> I can take out on there in the yellow pages. Right, I got to run out past my account. He's Uncle Willie in Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight, um. which we will get to. There is even a doco about him called That Guy, Dick Miller. That huh. Guy, Dick Miller. Yeah. That's a good name. Which was, is he, was that recent? Uh, it's a couple of years old, yeah. So he shows up all over the place. He's yeah. just one of those guys, always there. How did they have deleted scenes on a VHS? There was just, just been the whole movie. Just at the end? It was just at the end, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was just the whole movie with those scenes in it. No. That would be a special edition. That would be a director's cut. Uh, These were deleted scenes. So yes. Billy's late for work at the bank, so he and Barney... His dog runs through the town. Wait, there's so many things that are brought up in this conversation that are just dropped. Okay. Like- I had already moved on. Comic strip artist. Not really brought up. Not really at all. Well, yeah, he's working to to the film. Well, he's working- So he's working at the bank, but he wants to draw draw comics. Yeah. But also like, he's like, say hi to your wife for me. Like, that's such a weird thing to say about your neighbor. Like, surely he should know her name. small town. Yeah, but he wouldn't address her by- and his, say hello to Mrs. Flutterman. He would never call her by her first name. But he said, say hello to your wife instead of like, say hello. Oh, right. He wouldn't like say hello to Bob for me. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. Small town Americana. Okay. Okay. And also like okay. time of like back then. Yeah. Being okay. Being proper. Elders. Yeah. It's just weird. Just everything in that conversation. I was like, this is such a weird interaction for like neighbors who seem very friendly with each other. Okay. Everybody knows everybody in this town. As Billy is running along, he says hello to a doctor. And the doctor asks how his, how his, how his mum's doing. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah, okay. Not a massive town. So much fake snow. At the bank. How do, they, how do they do that? Because there's not a set way of doing that these days at this point in time, is there? Yeah, of course there is. Is there? Yeah, it's just potato flakes. I've heard of that one. But don't potato flakes like rice? Yeah. <laughs> Ice shavings. Like there's just fake, plastic fake snow. Right. Like it's a, some of it I guarantee you is built. Oh. And then it's just covered. So it's structure, 
right? Could oh, be, that makes could so be much styrofoam sense. structure that is then sprayed to look like snow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it does yeah. look very clean. Because this was shot in California. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no snow. At the bank, Kate chastises him for being just on time as he ties Barney under his desk. She's getting him to sign a petition to stop Mrs. Deagle from cancelling the lease of the local dive dories because that's the place where everyone's dad proposed to their mums. That's where everyone's dad proposes to their mums. Yeah. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> Weird question I know it's off topic, but it's about product placement, right? Sure. So Ellie asked me a question as we were watching this and she's like, oh, do you reckon they shot that sign with Burger King in the background because it was kind of hidden behind things so they didn't have to pay royalties? And I was like, no, that's uh, 100% a product placement that they would have put in on yeah, purpose. There would have been a tie-in. Yeah. There would probably was tie-in toys at Burger King. Yeah. And is it one of those things where perhaps they hit it a little bit so it wasn't so in your face? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. It's not even really about hiding it. It's just about it's just about we're just shooting the set and it happens to be there. And in a set like this, if there are businesses you know, then that's a product placement, right? Not always. No? No, not always. It depends on it depends on the movie, right? So it depends on whether or not the filmmakers are. Sometimes you might just choose a product because that's what the product is. Yeah, right. Because that's what people use, not because you're trying to advertise that product or because those those people are giving you money, right? Right. Because I was like comparing at least back, it to at the least bank, back and then. I was like, that's probably not a real bank, but they don't have a bank that they're going to do a product placement with. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's also just less than there is now. Like now, okay. if fucking everything is like. Yeah, if it's in there, it's If it's probably, in there, it's yeah. because it's product placement. Right? Yeah, right. Back then, it's like we made a deal with Burger King to, to put like toy, gremlin toys with their children's meals. So therefore, Burger King are the restaurant. Yeah, that's right. In the back, okay. That's in the background. You know, Billy's not advertising V-dubs and also doesn't pull out the newest, yeah, the right. newest, the newest iPhone or whatever. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. The aforementioned Mrs. Deagle, the Wicked Witch of Kingston Falls, is making her way into the bank, holding the head of her imported Bavarian snowman. She's very upset. Yeah, she crosses the street with no regard for traffic. She just assumes that people will stop with her for her because she's Mrs. Deagle. And Good morning, Miss Beagle. What's good about it? Deagle. Yes. Deagle, sorry. And when faced with the uh, mother and her twins who are starving and are asking for a little bit more time to pay their loan repayments, Mrs. Deagle is all about that money and not supporting deadbeats. And as, the, as they walk away, the children go, Mommy, I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah. And she goes... Me too. Yeah. Yeah. She pushes in and into line at the bank and confronts Billy that his dog, Barney, broke the snowman, her very expensive Bavarian snowman. And he, gee whiz, offers to pay for it, but she doesn't want payment. She wants the dog. Yeah, she why is she kill the so dog? evil? She's going to take him to the pound and have him put to sleep. It's the quicker option because if she catches him, she's going to put him in the dryer on high heat. Yep, that'd do it. It's fucking dark. Who was that fucking so, dude on the side just being like, yep, that'd kill a dog. I know, I'm the dog killing expert. He's just one of the townsfolk. He was the guy that was buying the tree earlier. Yeah, but like, why is she so unnecessarily evil? Because this movie is dark as shit. Because this movie <laughs> is a satire of small town, it's a wonderful life. There is a version of this movie, there is a version of this movie where, where without the gremlins, it's a heartwarming tale where a financially oppressed community comes together and thaws an old woman's heart. Oh my God, it's so obvious. And the gremlins interrupt that movie. That's, that's amazing. Well done on that. Because it's kind of like It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. we keep on showing It's a Wonderful Life. That's not, 
that's not accidental. Yeah. This movie is trying to take that all those kind of like fake bullshit Americana stuff and flip it on its flip it on its I head. love the idea of it's American life happening right now, but Gremlins interrupted it. And also it's not even American life happening right now. It's very throwbacky like 1950s, 60s idea of America. Sorry, of it's American a wonderful life. life. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but it's very it's already throwbacky. Like in 1984, yeah. this idea of a small town is is throwbacky to a better time, mm. to a more wonderful time. Because at this point you live in, in Reagan's America, yeah. which is not like this. <laughs> Because Joe Dante, at his heart, is a dark satirist. It's, I'm not going to lie, there was something about it that hit me so weird, Miss Deagle being so evil, but also it was, it was funny. Like, it was funny how evil she was. This movie is mean and nasty, and yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's not until you reflect on it that you kind of see, like, how funny she actually is. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. There's something that happens later that is like the thing that people like remember about this movie that is so dark that I find fucking hilarious. Okay. I'm we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. She wants the dog. Uh, Barney isn't having it. <laughs> so he jumps the counter and barks at her. She's like, oh, I have a weak heart. <laughs> Which always makes me laugh. We meet Gerald, the junior vice president of the bank. It's it's um it's the guy from the Santa Claus and from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. It's Judge Reinhold. Yeah. From Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, sure. And Father times of Richmond High, where he is caught uh, masturbating by Phoebe Cates while daydreaming about her diving topless into a pool. I love that guy. At Dory's, the local dive, Billy has drawn Mrs. Deagle as a dragon lady. It's the only time the drawing really comes back. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back in the sequel as well. Oh, okay. So in the sequel, he's, yeah, in the sequel, it, it pays off. Okay. He's following his career in the sequel. Very cool. Seeing next to him is an old man named Mr. Jones who tells him that his drawing is really coming along. <laughs> that is Chuck Jones. Who is Chuck Jones? Oh, children, children, Sorry, children. <laughs> he, I feel bad when you drop something like that and I'm just like, uh-huh. I knew you wouldn't know. It's fine. He's an animation legend. He wrote, produced, and directed Looney Tunes and Merry oh. Melodies for Warner Brothers. And that's why it's funny that he's complimenting him on his drawing. Yes. And they use his real name. They call him Mr. Jones because that is actually Chuck Jones. That's, that's, that's So he's responsible cool. for the golden age of Warner Brothers cartoons. Joe Dante grew up with that stuff. He would go on to direct the Looney Tunes movie. This he is very Looney much Tunes. his sensibility. This movie is a Looney Tunes movie. Yeah, Except true. Bugs Bunny is played by Gremlins. <laughs> I do feel, I do feel funny. going back to that Gremlins. review, Yes, that, that review up top, it's kind of accurate where it's like this is literally like just so jam packed with references and Easter eggs. Oh yeah, it's like this way. There's a scene it's later. Kind of going a bit crazy. There's a scene later where I have so much to talk about, and it's a throwaway ten second scene. <laughs> and there's so much happening in that scene. That yeah, man. If you're into movies like I am, it's just like holy shit. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so along with Frizz Freeling and Tex Avery. They, the three of the, them are responsible for all those Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck cartoons ah, that you right. grew up watching. Grew up so he's one of the big dudes. Yeah, he's one of the guys from, okay. from Warner Brothers. Uh, Gerald is there and he gives Billy shit about what happened today at the bank. He would have fired him in a second. We learn that Billy is basically supporting his whole family with his uh, job at the yeah. bank. Because his father's inventions don't sell. There be, yeah. And also, as I said, there is another movie that is happening before the Gremlins take over this movie. And yeah. I'll talk a little bit more about it in, in a second. So Kate is working at Dory's for free so yeah. that uh, Dory doesn't have to pay another barmaid. Gerald hits on her 
You haven't seen my new apartment. We're talking cable. Oh my God. He also orders a Bond martini. Yes. Yeah. And he fucks up the order. Does he? Yeah, he doesn't say it correctly. <laughs> but that's because Judge, Judge Reinhold couldn't say it correctly. He kept on blowing the lines, so they kept one of the blown lines in. Uh, give me a vodka martini, uh, shake, don't stir. Oh, he's such a legend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Billy and Kate, of course, are making eyes at each other the whole time because they've been into each other forever and never got around to consummating their into each other. Can, can we just go back to the cable line? Is that a line that you would actually like, is well, that something that would actually have been cable so TV impressive? is only just starting to become a thing in America and it's expensive. So he's trying right. to big note himself is like, I have in my own apartment and I have cable. <laughs> oh my God. I'm getting hot under the collar here. It's like, it's like the 1984 equivalent of Netflix and chill. Uh, <laughs> and if yeah. you come over and watch HBO. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Get you. Yeah. <laughs> we can watch things on cable. <laughs> HBO and O. On cable, they're swearing <laughs> and nudity. <laughs> At home, Billy comes in and as he closes the front door, a sword mounted on the wall falls. The twin swords. I love that runner. That runner, do you guys know, notice? Anytime anybody comes through that door, it that, falls. Sword, that yeah. sword falls. <laughs> I love and how it cuts back to the dad coming in and, and he's, he's just already putting, putting the, the sword <laughs> back up. Yeah, which happens a little bit later. So Billy's mum is chopping an inordinate amount of onions and weeping as he watches the end of It's a Wonderful Life. So many onions. Thank you. You picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> and It's a Wonderful Life is a movie I think that I would like 100% more than I currently do if it in fact had gremlins in it. Mm. <laughs> she asks Billy to do the eggs and he is hesitant to use his father's egg cracking yeah, machine. because it's just... It also clocks every time that it hits an egg, which always cracks me up. And it looks like if your hand got caught, it would like make you bleed. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with it is the gravity of the eggs is that when one goes, they're all going to roll and then it's going to fall. It's just, it's structurally not, it just didn't, if there was like a barrier to stop the eggs from continue rolling. I, I don't know if yeah. you've noticed, but in some form or another, every one of his inventions exists today. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. yeah they're yeah. like actually good ideas that kind of exist today. Yeah. So <laughs> his mum comments that, you know, dad's machines always seem to work well for the first couple of weeks. We hear the sword falling mm-hmm. and then cut to. They're so excited to hear dad come home. I love this yeah. family dynamic. He's also just in home to interrupt what is about to be the start of a serious conversation because mm-hmm. Billy asks his mother why she's no really why you're upset and it's because Mrs. Deagle called today and it's never said but I think that they are close to losing their house I think Mrs. Deagle is going to take their house too yeah so the mum is upset because she's really hoping that that dad sold an invention I mean it runs throughout this even when um oh god what's our love interest name Kate Kate mentions depression later mm-hmm. there's a dark seriousness to this film yeah. where it's not addressed and I think that's why the mother being such a badass is so believable and like other things like that where things happen and like the inventions are so like childish and childlike but they're also so depressing because you can see there's a hopefulness and and a wonder in them but there's also like the fact that they don't work and he's dragging his whole family down it's just so there's a darkness so he tells them that he had a good trip that there's a company that might be interested in the bathroom buddy and billy and his mom actually share the tiniest little bit of a look where they've either heard it all before or, okay, we might not lose the, lose the house. Yeah. And it's great. It's really subtle. It's one of those things where, as a kid, I never picked up on that stuff. But as an adult, I'm like, 
Wow, there's actually like lots there's going on. There's a realness on. to this movie that's crazy. And yet everything still looks fake on purpose. It's yeah. like wonderful. Yeah. yeah. An emotional realness, I will say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. An emotional reality. Rand is going to give Billy an early present. What is it, a birdcage? He shakes <laughs> the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> He, does. he heard that there's something in there. That's and he, before, he does that before he hears anything. But also, if it's a bird, he like, killed the bird. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to shake the bird cage. They're going to have to open it now. So they dim the lights. He's like, it's a puppy, isn't it? I'm sure it's a puppy. But also, like, why would he get another puppy? Here why he would he give another animal to a boy who has a dog that follows yeah. him around so much and is such his best friend that it goes to work with him? Yeah. Mm. It's a mogwai. He's so cute, isn't and it? He is adorable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love him so much. I R- want one. Yeah, I know. Me too. Like my whole life. <laughs> Rand calls him Gizmo because he seems to like it. Mum takes a photo and the flash freaks Gizmo out. Bright light, bright light. <laughs> and then Rand lays down the rules for yeah. Billy again. I love how they like don't know what he's saying, but he's talking English. Well, he learns English over the course of the course of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He says words though. He does say, he does say <laughs> words. I, we'll talk about... Gizmo's speech a little bit later. Okay. Later in Billy's attic room, because of course he lives in the attic. <laughs> lives in a, he's got a bedroom in the attic. He plays with Gizmo, who sings along with a keyboard. It's so very nice. Cute. So lovely. I love him so much. <laughs> That's all you've got? I also yeah. feel bad for the dog at this point as well. <laughs> because the dog's like, what the yeah. He puts a Santa hat on Gizmo and then goes to show him with a mirror but it reflects bright light and Gizmo falls off into the trash with his legs sticking out, kicking. Billy then picks him up and takes him to the bathroom to put a bandage on the scratch, placing Gizmo down on the edge of the sink. Ow. That's quite dangerous. Mm. The water, yes, but I want to talk about these two shots Ah. because these are the perfect two shots to talk about how the fuck this movie was made. Oh, yeah. Right? So Gizmo is an animatronic. Yeah. Right. Created by Chris Wallace uh, or Wallace. I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Talked about him before. He created the special effects for The Fly, the David Cronenberg mm-hmm. movie. And obviously making Gizmo and the Gremlins believable is kind of the, is pretty much the make or break of this movie. Yeah. It is a big effects movie. There are some moments where he, just before these two scenes, where he picks him up to yes. hold him. Well, that's I was what I'm so talk- impressed about. That's what I'm going to talk about. So one of the major challenges that they had was the size of Gizmo. The fact that he was this small, Wallace wanted to keep, we kept on asking Joe Dante if they could make him bigger because then they would have more space inside Gizmo for motors and gears and, and mm. add, uh, all the stuff that makes him makes him work to give a more detailed performance. But Dante wouldn't budge on that. What they end up doing was making dozens of Gizmos yeah. with each one having a specific purpose based on what they had to do in this scene and the same for the for the gremlins. So yeah, like one. the close-up one is definitely blinking and mouth moving. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So- in the two, those two shots, you were seeing three gizmos. Okay. The gizmo that's in the trash can is just a pair of legs. Yeah, sure. Kicking, right? And then what happens is the camera moves in so that Billy's hands take him out of the trash can, out of the frame, and he's picking up a carryable radio-controlled gizmo that can move, do basic movements with his arms and legs. Oh, fuck. Right? So he can carry him around. He's just a little battery operator. The level of control. technology at this point is not something I realized that they had. Hey. It's cutting edge yeah. from the time. They cut. Billy carries the radio control version into the bathroom and puts gizmo down again out of frame. And then when we tilt down, the third gizmo is sitting on the edge of the sink with way more controls because he's now kind of cable controlled. Yeah. And 
Where did the carry version go? Under the sink. He really puts him into the sink. Oh. oh, well done. It's fucking brilliant. So he carries a version in. They don't tilt down with him to follow his hands. They stick with him. He puts it in the sink. They tilt down and there's another gizmo already sitting on the sink. Well done. And behind him the whole time is another gizmo. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder how many people are operating gizmo. Quite a few. Yeah? Yeah. I wonder how many of the original gizmos are still around. Oh, that's a good question. They probably are. You yeah. probably find that they don't have fur off faces anymore because that stuff <laughs> is the stuff that yeah. you know, that disappears first. Mm. Now, they did end up making a bigger version, but just a, a, like a larger head for close-ups. Right. Yeah. So when you see close-ups of the blinking and the... And the mouth and stuff, yeah. it's usually a bigger, bigger head version. You know what was weirdly impressive? The eyelids. Yeah. Like it's clearly not just like a Furby eyelid. You no, know what there's I mean? like deep. It's this like point, it had like a rubber and, so and elasticness to we're it. We're already after E.T. where Spielberg insists that E.T. Uh, e. breathes. Interesting. Right. So we've already started to to go to that level of detail. Mad. So Gizmo benefits from the fact that E.T. had already been made and they had already done a bunch of like animatronic stuff and then they're, they're doing like the, what the next generation E.T. the kind of the, the watermark for this kind of technology? Close to at that time, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So from this point on, it's like, well, that took a step forward into the yeah, technology. So, so Gizmo breathes. Yeah. Gizmo has more than – he has – Multiple instead of his eyes just doing one thing, opening yeah. and closing, they have subtlety. So does his nose and his mouth. It has all this kind of subtlety yeah. built into it so that they can create emotion and performance through I didn't it. notice the nose, that but doesn't, that's so good. It doesn't exist. His nose does a lot of his uh, emotional acting. Interesting. So when he's scared, his nose goes because he's breathing breathing hard and there's all this kind of subtlety. Fuck, the that's so good. I love that. Yeah, I love this stuff. This yeah, is the, the science behind like what makes something look real. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. yeah. The next morning, it's Billy versus the Pelta Peeler and Juicer. <laughs> yeah. The texture of this world, like, sorry to derail again, yeah, right. but the texture of this world with the sword falling off the wall, the inventions, the different types of inventions, the... The fact that, like, I already feel like I know my way around the town, like even that larger sense of texture of this mm. film, and, again, the emotional depth of something that really doesn't need to be there but enriches the movie so much. I feel I know my way around his house as well. There's just so much texture to this world that is... This is the base level to the craft. The it's weirdly... Oh, it's, and it's, it's non-existent. The level of texture to this world is non-existent in so many other movies. Again, it's, it's bringing A-level craft and filmmaking and storytelling to B-level material, right? It's you reckon a it's B-level material? Well, it's a monster movie. Yeah. I mean, essentially so is Jaws, right? Mm. So the thing about Jaws really? is George is a creature feature. George yeah. is a monster. Is Jaws is a monster movie, and the thing and the that craft thing, elevates the it. The craft elevates it. It's mm. a big budget monster movie, and the craft craft elevates it. And so Joe Dante is doing the same thing with the with the Gremlins. He's taking something that should be like in the nineteen fifties would have been a drive in movie, right? And he's mm. taking that kind of B movie. Roger Corman style filmmaking and applying an A level polish to it. They're putting real money behind behind things. Fascinating. And doing things on the level that where the craft far exceeds what had normally been done with a movie of its type of its type. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah, he loses the fight with the uh, Pelto Peeler and Juicer because it explodes. Yeah. 
Pete arrives with a Christmas tree, takes off his costume, and it's Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. It's a Corey. It's a Corey. It's a Corey. It's a Corey pre-Goonies. It's a pre-Goonies Corey. Yeah, Goonies is next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a Corey. Corey Feldman, of course, is Corey Feldman. Goonies, Lost Boys, that Friday the 13th movie. I can't remember which one. Final chapter. The one that Tom Savini did the effects for. I only really have, like, a recognition of Corey Feldman from the Lost Boys. Right. Yeah, like I don't have a have an affinity for him like you, you will, do. By the time that we are done with this podcast, you will see <laughs> many more Corey films. Yeah, okay. Dream a Little Dream, License to Drive. Yeah, okay. Mm, so many Corys. <laughs> the kitchen is coated with juice. <laughs> Just coated. Yeah, is yeah. this a daily occurrence? I feel so I bad. Think so, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think everything that they have in their kitchen is an invention of the father. And they still keep using it. Yeah. That's love right there. Sure. Gizmo's upstairs in the attic watching an old movie about a speed cart racer and he's really into it and it might pay off later. <laughs> <laughs> Billy also has a poster on his wall. Did you guys notice the poster on his wall? There's a few, post- few posters, but one of them is pretty memorable. Damn it, I remember noticing it and didn't make a note. Here's a poster for The Road Warrior. Uh. Or as we would call it, Mad Max 2. Yeah. yeah. Joe Dante worked with George Miller on the Twilight Zone movie. George Miller directed one of the other sequences of ah. the Twilight Zone movie. Do you guys know the story about why it's called The Road Warrior in the United States? Uh, I do vaguely again. So basically Mad Max was released in the United States, the original, but it wasn't really a hit. But between that and Road Warrior coming out, Mel Gibson had kind of become a, a star. Uh, so they didn't name it Mad Max 2 because they thought it would confuse people. So they yeah. just called it The Road Warrior. So um, now that Corey's in the movie, I can say that I had actually forgotten that the main character in this movie wasn't more of a kid. I had forgotten that he's like in his 20s. Yes. Well, he's 20. Yeah. Until, I was also surprised when then, he had a bank job. Yeah. And he's not a kid. And I remembered it as being a kid. And then Corey turns up and I'm like, Ah, uh, I merged these two characters into one person mm. and de-aged our main character. <laughs> what I was confused about is why he still has a friendship with the school teacher. So what's interesting is in the original screenplay, Billy was the same age as Pete, which is why Pete comes over to his house and hangs out still. Yeah. Uh, it's a leftover vestige of when Billy was a kid. When Billy was a kid. I thought that was weird, but then I just put it down to like wholesomeness. Small town, yeah. yeah. Wholesomeness, which I think is how it's meant to play, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's also why he, well, he's only a couple of years out of high school, right? Yeah. And so he went to that school and so he's got a, he's the only, you know, science person that he knows. It's a small town. Yeah. yeah. That, that part didn't, didn't bother me. How would um, this movie be if he was a kid? I don't you know, know what I mean? It, we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that was in the original screenplay that okay. got changed. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because it was an even more strange movie. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And Pete's going to leave the costume at Billy's place and just tell his dad that it got stolen. He got mugged and it's a stolen <laughs> so he can get rid of the costume. Pete meets Gizmo and then Billy takes him over to his table to show Pete how he sings. Billy being an artist, there is some paintbrushes in a jar of water that Pete knocks over onto Gizmo as he reaches out to pick him up. And yeah, this always freaked me out as a kid. This I feel like, so bad for Gizmo. He's screaming. Does, yeah. and Billy oh. actually doesn't even show any concern I for know. Gizmo. He's, he's yeah. like, what the fuck is he's happening? He's the worst pet owner. In one day, he has <laughs> been, he has flashed him. He has hit him off a table and injured his head. Yep. And he now just put water on him and made him scream and doesn't even give a yeah. fuck. Yeah. Gizmo starts popping out furballs out of his back as he Poor screams. Poor little Gizmo. And then, yes, more Mogwai unfold from the furballs because that's how Mogwai are made. Five of them, including one with a white stripe of fur down his head, we're going to call him Stripe. Do you mm. think it's possible for 
in the circumstance, like, so obviously later there ends up being a lot of them, right? Yeah. Is it possible for any of them to be nice ones like Gizmo? No. So how do you get a nice one? I think they're born the more traditional way. Uh, Interesting. I don't know. So if they're born the traditional way. Mobile biology is not something that we really get into (laughs) in these movies. So mummy and a daddy mogwai love each other very much and have a baby (laughs) mogwai. Yeah. You get a gizmo. But then if you get water on one of the gizmos, you get the you get the you get, you get the evil ones. Yeah. So maybe one of the ones that he spawned, if they would have been if they would have passed on and not become gremlins, if they would have had kids and not become gremlins, maybe that would have been a nice mm. one. Oh yeah. In the original screenplay, Gizmo and Strap were the same character. Ah. Gizmo goes bad. I I yeah. misremembered that. I thought Gizmo was the one that went bad. Yeah. And then Spielberg was like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't you do can't. that. People will love Gizmo. You yeah. need to have Gizmo through the whole movie. See, you do. In yes. my memory of this film, Gizmo became a gremlin, went bad, and then Gizmo became turned back into a mogwai and helped the heroes. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I, I totally forgot there was a good mogwai the whole time. I'm so glad that they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, me too, because Gizmo's adorable. <laughs> I just and because need- you would have only gotten like this much of the movie with the nice gizmo yeah yeah it's been like well that was a nice 15 minute movie i guess i'll watch something else now billy goes to tell his dad who's tinkering away in his invention cave he's uh made an improvement to the bathroom buddy now it has a razor and billy sprays yeah, him seems, with shaving cream yeah oh, that, i love i love that bit's not finished yet i was gonna do that tomorrow what is what invention is he working on an automatic car dealer which is a thing today yes. yeah yeah He's he's got good ideas. Man ahead of his time. I don't yeah. think that he should be making devices with knives on them. Okay. No, definitely just not. Just with the way his inventions tend to go. <laughs> I just I wouldn't want to be the person testing that out. No. Yeah. Random Billy go upstairs and the other Mogwai are like super hyper and playing a mini Donkey Kong arcade game, which always makes me laugh. Rand's like they could replace the family dog. It could be the Pelzer pet. The dog they cut to the dog and the dog goes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor puppy. Poor pup. That night, the new Mogwai is sleeping in a steamer trunk, except for Stripe, who's shifty and awake. And then we cut to Billy waking to the sound of Barney yelping. He goes downstairs and finds that Barney has been strung up in some Christmas lights. Mm. Puppy. puppy. I know. Yeah. He g- <laughs> On the plus side, nothing ha- bad happens to the puppy. Yes. Puppy's okay. Thank God. Thank God it was taken away because, like, I also had, like I said, someone yelling at the screen going, does the dog get hurt? In- oh, I'm yelling at the <laughs> Does the, does the dog, dog get hurt, hurt in this movie? Yeah. The dog gets hurt in this movie. We're stopping watching this movie. And I'm like, it's yeah. okay. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I just have no problem if the dog gets hurt. No, no. Uh, can't hurt a dog. They all sit in the kitchen and Billy is blaming Mrs. Deagle, but it was Stripe. Yeah, can we? Yeah, Mrs. A, Deagle wouldn't do that. That's a, it's a yeah. time cut. An old, an old lady it, can't wrestle a dog into some. Even if she could, <laughs> that's just like not that. what she would do. She yeah. would just take the so, dog and take it to the pound. That's yeah. what she wants to do. We get a shot of Stripe opening his eyes when Billy goes to sleep, and then there is a cut. That's a time cut. Um, what do you mean? Well, there's a jump. There's a there's a change in time. Yeah, we get a cut to Billy waking up hearing hearing Barney yelping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rand is packing up some of his inventions, including a pneumatic hammer, <laughs> a drill fly swatter. I, I think okay. the, Simpsons, that one. the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes an inventor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have here the four greatest inventions in the history of mankind. First, my all-purpose electric hammer for all your pounding needs. 
probably needs to be more powerful. He definitely has the, the, the makeup the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Still a good invention if it worked. That's why I invented this revolutionary makeup gun. It's for the woman who only has four fifths of a second to get ready. Close your eyes, Marge. And now you're ready for a night on the town. <gasps> Homer, you've got it set on whore. Uh, oop. Okay, this time try to keep your nostrils closed. Rand is going to take Barney with him on his trip because he's about to go to a convention. He's going to drop him off at his mother's place, their gr- uh, Billy's grandmother's place, and then he'll pick him up on the way back so he's out of the way. He's not going to be in any danger. Mrs. Deacle can't get to him. Yeah. Is that the only reason he's going to stay with the grandmother, just to keep him safe from No, Mrs. well, he's Deagle? going to a convention. Yeah, but, like, in terms of the dog. Yeah. It's just to keep him away from... From Mrs. Deagle. To take him out of the equation, take him somewhere safe where yeah. he's out of danger for a Thank few, God, for a because, like, that would have just been fodder for the gremlins. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, we would have been God. terrified for the dog the whole time, yeah. In the yeah. original screenplay, the gremlins killed the dog. Oh, oh. Fuck those gremlins. Billy takes Gizmo to... A school to show Mr. Hansen, who's the biology teacher, to check him out. Yeah. And they make another mogwai with a water dropper. Like, <laughs> this guy is doing everything <laughs> he was told not to do. Yes. Everything he was fucking told not to do. Yes. Mr. Hansen wants to keep the new one so that he can run some tests. Also, right. So he's just giving him to a random science teacher to just experiment on an animal. Like, what are we fucking doing here, guys? This movie is way darker than you think it is. I know it is. I know it is. I'm just pointing out how <laughs> crazy it is. And fully, I just accepted that until Ellie was like, what the fuck is this science teacher going to test him with? Yep. I was like, why is a science teacher experimenting <laughs> on an animal? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You've been seeing this movie before, but this is like you were seeing it for the first time. Fully. It fully was. Like, this is the first time I actually saw this movie as an adult and questioned it and had someone seeing it for the first time. It was like, exploding on what the fuck is all this shit yeah at Dory's Mr. Flutterman is in his cups Kate's trying to coax him out as Billy is kind of passing by walking and Flutterman's upset because he's just found out that his plow is filled with foreign parts like spark plugs and <laughs> all kinds of things be okay you'll not be okay how'd you how'd you like to bring your plow for tune up and find it loaded with foreign parts huh? mm. I mean everything gaskets pistons yeah. spark plugs all of it foreign Hey, Billy. Hey. The foreigners plant gremlins yeah. in our machinery, just like in World War II. Okay. And just like in the Looney Tunes cartoon, which features gremlins. Hey, I bet that was a... Say, do you think that... Hey, could that have been a gremlin? Do you know where they came from? Uh, this is an actual myth from World War One or Two. Yeah. But there is a short story that introduced the idea of gremlins written by... A man who flew planes in World War in World War Two, named Roald Dahl. Hey, ah, which is where the term gremlins comes from. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's an actual myth where like things used to go wrong with planes or something like that, and they would blame it on gremlins. Well, that's from the short story. Ah, so, so it's not the other way I, around. It's one of those things where I don't know. Probably could have researched it more, but I don't know if it's because Roald Dahl popularized those ideas or because they were things that he had heard from other pilots that he then put into a, to a yeah, story. Yeah, right, right, right. But it's Roald Dahl. Yeah, mad. Yeah. And then, yes, there's a there's a Looney Tunes cartoon where Bugs Bunny encounters a gremlin. And then- in Simpsons the- do it as well. Otto, you got to do something. There's a gremlin on the side of the bus. And then the Twilight Zone movie, uh, yep. there is a gremlin on the, on, the, on the plane. That Simpsons episode that's taking off the Twilight episode- 
Scared the shit out of me when I was kid. When I was a kid, they convinced Mr. Flutterman that he should walk home. Oh wait. Also, this racist guy is proven right with his like rhetoric about like <laughs> yeah. gremlins being in the machines because like that's what these gremlins do as well. Yeah, and they like, are, and they are foreign. I love I I love that they build on the actual idea of the gremlins. Like, oh, there's gremlins in the machines, you know, messing around with things. Yeah, yeah. They convince him to walk home, and then Kate and Billy walk home past some carolers. They talk. Uh, Kate talks about how not everybody loves the holidays. Billy thought everybody loved Christmas, and Kate does not. While some people are opening their presents, some other people are opening their wrists. Yeah, Ryan wow. She doesn't celebrate Christmas. He pushes her as to why, but she brushes him off. And then he are you ap- Hindu or something? He apologizes, and they make plans later for a date. Mr. Hansen draws blood from his test mogwai. Yeah, this is so <laughs> concerning. I'm man. just glad it was just a blood test. He yeah. could have been, like, dissecting the thing, so. Yeah, yeah he could true. already have it It could have been worse. Yep. And at home, Gizmo's reading a comic book with 3D glasses. Is that I mean, pretty adorable. adorable. What, is, what is that? Is that a thing? 3D like, glasses for comics? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I have, gla- I have comic oh. books that require 3D oh, glasses. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I used to do it in magazines and stuff. Oh, I vaguely kind of remember that now. You get like a K-Zone and it'd have Yeah. <laughs> K-Zone. I haven't thought about that in so long. <laughs> uh, Kids Zone magazine. I yeah. love that shit. And the latest copy of Kazo Magazine. It's packed with the latest gaming. Prank Patrol, Vente News, and exclusive comics. Plus, with a truckload of bad stuff. Get your hands on one today. Kick it with the coolest mag on the planet, K-Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gizmo can tell you some basic words now, like fun and neat. Yeah. Gizmo is voiced by stand-up comedian Howie Mendel. Oh. Who, when I was a kid, had a semi-autobiographical Saturday morning cartoon called Bobby's World that I used to watch. Hi everyone, I'm Howie. Welcome to Bobby's World. And you know what I really hate? Of course you don't, because you don't know me. You know what I hate? I know you hate this too. When somebody like flicks you like that, right in the eyeball. That bugs me. Does that bug you? <laughs> bugs everyone. Right, Bobby? 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 That's my name. <laughs> Howie Mandel. Was he on like... Uh, like America's Got Talent or something? Yes, he's one of the hosts of one yeah. of those shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Weird. That's the voice of Gizmo. <laughs> That's such a weird <laughs> link. Other Mogwai and Gremlins are voiced by a who's who of 80s voice acting. Frank Welker? No. Do you know Frank Welker? No. If in the 80s and 90s and actually even the 2000s, even now really, if you had a movie cartoon TV show where you needed an animal voice, you called Frank Welker. Ah. He's the animal voice guy. He does Nibbler on Futurama. Hey. Oh, what a man. Right. Remember what Nanny said? We've got to figure out some way to agree on the rule. Then running a race before the starter shoots his pistol. So can we. It says, danger, leave haunted aisle. Today I grant you your freedom, and from now on, you are commanded by me. Peter Cullen, mm-hmm. the voice of Optimus Prime. As of today, 
Only we five Autobots remain on this Earth. Prince Adam and Orko with Coin Trick, new from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Other action figures also sold separately from Mattel. Oh <laughs> shit! Is one of the voices of a, of a voices voice actors for the Gremlins? Fuck yeah! Uh, and Michael Winslow. What are you in for? I'll show you. No, sir. No, not you. That's terrific. Really. What's your name? Jones. Marvel Jones. Oh, yeah? The man of 10,000 yeah, 10, sound effects. Heck Marvel yeah. Jones in Police Academy. Why would they have such big people doing the voice acting? Because they weren't big people. They're just voice actors in the 80s. Now we know who those people are, but back then we didn't know who those when people were. When was Police Academy after this? Police Academy is out in cinema while this movie comes out. Ah, uh, interesting. But Michael Winslow is just a working voice actor, right? So he would have just been coming into fame. He's just coming into, fa- into fame, yeah. Interesting. I think he was cast in Police Academy from... So he was also a stand-up comedian. Michael Winslow was a stand-up comedian. Who yes. Who I think had done a bunch of like late-night shows and then got cast in Police Academy based on the fact that he had kind of already started to build a, a reputation for being able to do all these voices, right? So they right, wrote right. the role for him in Police Academy to just come and do sound effects. The Mogwai are hungry and it's not quite midnight yet. It's not quite midnight. It's perfectly Why safe. would you do it so, so close? Your clock could be wrong. Hey, what is with you guys? How about showing up for a change, okay? I already fed you. Twelve o'clock yet? All right. Keep an eye on him, kids. I'll be back in a second. So Billy goes to the kitchen and gets some chicken from a fridge. Who stacks chicken on a giant plate like that? It doesn't I mean, cover that. It's not covered. It's not covered. It doesn't have cling wrap on it or it, anything. It's just yeah, it's gross. I mean, did look did look nice though. I think no. I was watching the film hungry. <laughs> Gizmo does not eat. Why do they have that much leftover chicken? Yeah, that's that's How true. How much chicken who, did they have made, initially? If you have that much chicken, like you're not allowed to take that much chicken from a family fridge and eat it all to yourself. <laughs> like you gotta share that shit around. That's not that okay. That could be is tomorrow it, night's dinner. Is, right? it, is it for Christmas? <laughs> it might be. At the school lab, Tess Maguire eats a sandwich that Mr. Handsome leaves behind. Yeah, he didn't get told the rules. Yeah, did he terrible, get told? Terrible, terrible. Yeah, other than him, uh, he did know about the water, obviously, because he saw and the, that. He that knew about happen. the bright light as well. But did he? Did, he didn't tell him about the food, well, or at least we did, didn't. We didn't in, see him. He doesn't care. And I mean, he just left the sandwich behind. It's not like he thought the gremlin was going to eat the sandwich. Yeah, he just that's leaves true. his sandwich for later on the bench. Yeah, the movie that Gizmo and Billy are falling asleep to. It's in Gizmo uh, in the bed is so cute. Yeah, it is. It's all it's snuggled in. Of the body it's Don Siegel's invasion of the body yeah. snatches. Yeah, he's all snuggled in and he's watching his movie and and he's yeah. just so cute. And it's like he's got glasses, you know, like an old yeah. person with glasses, but the three D glasses. I love it. And yeah. then when and then Billy offers him some food and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, it's so cute. He's so cute. Are they saying oh no at the movie? Yeah. Oh, he's oh no. Yeah, at the, at the, at the movie. <laughs> The next morning, the Mogwai have all cocooned, except for Gizmo. Fucking alien. Like, that's obviously Ellie, who loves Alien. It's just like, it's Alien! They're doing Alien! Like, just screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah. Yeah. Billy figures out that his clock has been sabotaged. Jeez, I wonder who did that. At what point do you start to think, oh, maybe these weird pets that are, like, definitely something that I've never heard about before and kind of can speak and are smart... Like, maybe they are the ones who are a little bit evil. Maybe. 
<laughs> or is it the people? Definitely the people. Pete, Mr. Hanson and Billy cut the lab mogwai out of his cage because he is also a cocoon. And Mr. Hanson explains metamorphosis. Pete's response, like my mother. <laughs> Going through changes. No, that's menopause. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun menopause gag for the kids. Yeah. And then at home, Billy's mum is making gingerbread cookies as his father calls from the convention. And this is the 10 second scene I have so much to fucking say about. The, the time machine? That is one of the things. And, and wait, mm, let me talk through them. First, that is Steven Spielberg that drives past on the moon buggy. Oh, <laughs> he's doing circles around the payphone. I love that. Yes. Then there's Robbie the robot from the movie Forbidden Planet who walks past. Oh. That movie rules. You guys wouldn't have seen Forbidden Planet. Nah. It's a 1950 science fiction movie. Okay. Starring handsome man Leslie Nielsen before oh he's God. Leslie Nielsen. Before he's a comedy actor? Before he's a comedy actor. Oh, my God. And it is a science fiction adaptation of Shakespeare's The Tempest. Whoa. Set on an alien planet. Whoa. It's fucking amazing. It's the first movie to ever have an electronic score because they used the pheromone to score it. Wow. It's um, incredible. Is that the first pheromone ever used in, in film? A, in a movie, yeah. Forbidden, wow. Forbidden that's, that's. And the movie holds up. Created the is, a whole thing. The movie is great. Like it's very 1950s, but yeah. it's also like super colorful and beautiful to look at. That is the robot from that movie. On the four, I never noticed seen this movie so many times. On the 4K version, I noticed that Robbie the robot is wearing a my name is name tag. Yeah. Does it say Robbie? Yes. Ah. <laughs> and then yes, in the background behind Rand is the actual time machine from the 1960 version of the H.G. Wells story, The Time Machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it disappears when they it's cut back to it. It's yeah. winding up and it disappears in a cut and people are looking around. Yeah, so good. I did not notice that. That is fantastic. <laughs> there's it's like just, a bird mark and then someone's and looking then at the like ground. People are like smoking. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and I love, that's what's, so no I had seen that. wonder he couldn't sell anything at this particular convention. convention. Yeah. Well, he does, he has a line that says some of the stuff that's here is pretty really advanced. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> is Time that when um, Danger Will Robinson robot is there? Well, no, that's Robbie the robot. That's not the danger. That's not the robot oh. from Lost in Space. That's a different robot. I thought it was. No, that's Robbie the robot oh, from, from, from Forbidden okay. Planet. Well, I've definitely seen that robot before. Because it's also in other, in other movies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. On Christmas Eve. Billy is working and is accosted by Mrs. Deagle. Yes. We also have to address it, the fact that the dad's not going to be home for Christmas Eve. Well, yeah, he'll be back he'll for Christmas. He'll be home for Christmas. Yeah, but he said he's not going to be home that night, didn't he say? But he says he'll be back late. Oh, uh, on Christmas. On Christmas Eve. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's Christmas Eve now. So yeah. Billy is working and is accosted by Mrs. Deagle, who still wants his dog. In class, they have school on Christmas Eve. That's just cruelty. I asked about this and Ellie said that that's a thing because they don't have, they have a couple of br days break for Christmas, but it's Christmas Eve, isn't it? It's Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah, you would yeah, think that, that they would weird. have Christmas Yeah, they Eve have Christmas, they have like a, they have like Christmas, or like a week for Christmas and New Year. Yeah, because they, 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 the, they have their big break in the summer. Yeah, because Americans, right. Americans are weird and their school years aren't, 1981 is not the whole school year. Their school year is 81, 82. What do you? What? So you start, you start your new year. year in the middle of the year. Oh, they in do like it like June or something. by like financial financial year. year. Yeah. Oh, weird. Well, I think it's because they do their big their big break is the end of is, the year is, in end of the school year, which is summer, uh, which for them is in the middle of the calendar year. I keep forgetting that. It's so weird. Why would so they do we that? Do, well, 
because everybody wants to have summer off. So we do the same we thing. The it's same just thing. that we lucked out that summer ah, happens to be in December. Go Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Southern Hemisphere for the win. <laughs> Brody, stop it or I'll have to put the music onto this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No disclaimers needed. The I wonder how they do it in England. Because <laughs> they don't have like a hot summer. I think we're based off them. Yeah, so but they, they also have so college. You don't do, you don't yeah, go, so after right. high school you have college, which is year 11 and 12. Oh. Oh, I didn't even know that. Right. Yeah, I think they do that in Tasmania as well. Okay. It's weird. Okay, that's not, <laughs> it's not like a city. Lo- lo- distraction <laughs> city. The Tess Mogwai is hatching, and so are the ones at Billy's home. Gizmo is hiding inside a motorcycle helmet, which is really cute. It is really cute. And I thought he was going to put it down, and I'm like, oh, put it down, save yourself. And on the floor is a copy of Fangoria magazine. Which is I saw that. Cool. Yeah, which is fantastic. It's a movie magazine about, about gore movies and horror movies, and no doubt Gremlins would have been featured in that magazine. Oh, I know. Sure. It. Yeah. Yep. So much KY jelly <laughs> for the hatching. Oh, yeah. KY yeah. jelly everywhere. Yeah. It's really fucking, like, I don't think we've gone on about the effects enough because like those eggs were real pretty. Yeah. They're great. They glow. And then there's, yeah. there's like smoke and stuff coming out of them. And they're and even like the way they've done the egg in the cage as well. Yeah. It was just really well thought through. It seems so natural. Yeah. That's one of the things about this movie is that there is literally one place in this movie where I see the seams and I'll talk about it when it happens. When, it when happens. there's heaps of them. No, not even that. Hey, no, no. Okay. And I mean like literally the seams, but we'll get to it. Okay. So, Mr. Hansen notices that his gremlin has escaped while he's in class. Yeah. (laughs) And lucky enough, the bell rings, so all those children aren't murdered. (laughs) Yeah. And then after the kids are gone, he searches for the newborn something something and calls Billy to tell him it just hatched. And then he gets what's coming to him. Yeah, he gets As he's trying to entice a gremlin with a candy bar, it pulls him under the table and kills him. Yeah. Yeah. Billy finds him. He's got a needle stuck in him. Yeah. the gremlin was like. And I love how his head's pulled under under the the desk. desk, Oh, it's such a good way to find him. I didn't realize he was dead. Oh, he's. I thought he was just not Just sleeping? Yeah. (laughs) No, he's dead. (laughs) So Billy goes to call the cops and a gremlin reaches up and scratches his hand. And I feel that scratch. Like, you know that that stings like a cat scratch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as a, as a little kid, that fre- like freaked me out and it still freaks me out. It's also a cat scratch because you know he didn't have to scratch him. He was just doing it to fucking inflict yeah. pain. <laughs> and then we watch as the gremlin is like looking for something to eat and he grabs an apple off the desk because, of course, there's an apple on the desk. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't like the taste of it. So he chews on some test tubes instead before escaping into a vent. That was kind of terrifying. I'm not going to lie. If I'm Billy in that point and you're just like, oh, you prefer glass to apples. Yeah. Wow. Billy goes to the nurse's office to bandage up his hand and the gremlin pops out of the cupboard. All I could think of, alien eggs, all I could think of, they're in the vents. They're in the vents. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the gremlin then escapes into another vent. Yeah. At home, the gremlins have put Gizmo on a dartboard. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Gizmo. Uh, and downstairs... Billy's mum hears a ruckus. Yeah. So she grabs a knife. And not just like a knife. Like that thing is a fucking like, that's a combat knife almost. She's ready to go. A kitchen combat knife. Yeah. Everybody needs a kitchen combat knife. Yeah. Gizmo gets thrown down a laundry chute. <laughs> yeah. Billy's mum goes upstairs, finds the hatched eggs as the phone rings. And it's Billy telling her to get out of the house. Yes, Billy. Are you okay? Where are you? Mom, they hatched. Get out of the house. Oh, no. 
Mom? Mom? Phone home? Yeah. We hear a gremlin say phone home as it pulls on the phone line and cuts the, the, the... the telephone. I didn't pick up on that. That's hilarious. Christmas mm. music starts from downstairs. Christmas. The gremlins love Christmas. And then in the kitchen, she finds a gremlin indulging in her gingerbread cookies. Can I just say, though, the way she picks up the knife, right? She's hearing the noise. Yeah. She picks up the knife. She knows something's going Could on. She's like, yeah. But she also, like, doesn't know. Like, she has some weird animals in her house. She goes with the knife. She's fucking looking for some smoke, man. Like, she has, she has a, a house that's almost like going under she has like a relationship where she has to like emotionally carry this man child that's like inventing things and it's not taking off she's fucking she's there to take some gremlins out man which she, she has does. some frustration to get out yeah so the gremlin that was eating her cookies climbs into the mixer so she blends him yeah it splatters green gunk everywhere and i love how it's just no question oh what is this Straight, straight on. on. Straight on. Another one's throwing plates at her. So mm. she just rushes him and stabs him to death. Yeah, <laughs> boy. It's fucking amazing. So good. And then she sprays another one with cooking spray yeah, or something. It goes for the eyes. For the eyes. <laughs> into a microwave <laughs> yeah. that she turns on. Oh, so ruthless. And then it bursts yes. inside the microwave. Yes. As a child, this sequence freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. It made me queasy. Yeah. Because of all the goo and the level of like uh, gore and stuff. The gremlins themselves are scary, but the way that they get dealt with is also pretty disturbing. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. In the original script. Oh no. Billy's mother was killed. Ah. Her head was cut off and the gremlins threw it down the stairs. I way prefer the mum like... (laughs) Just being ruthless. Yeah, I feel like so far the official version of this is significantly better than the original script. (laughs) Out in the lounge room, there's- Wait, before she leaves the kitchen, she grabs another knife and fucking starts dual wielding. (laughs) Out in the lounge room, there's another gremlin in a Christmas tree. It attacks her and the tree falls on top of her. Yeah. Billy arrives just in time to pull the wall sword, Chekhov's wall sword. Yes. And cut off a gremlin's head. It flies into a fire- the decapitated head where it continues to scream as it burns. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. I love this movie. So, so many, so many kill shots. I love all the just straight up kill shots. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. It's a <laughs> lot. It's great. Stripe, who has been watching the whole time, breaks a window and then escapes. So Billy takes his mother to drop off at a neighbor's house that is a doctor so that yeah. she can get some medical help. Billy, wait, is this the moment where Billy like see, looks in the kitchen and sees what happened? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he does that. This is the moment where you realize don't fuck with your mom. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> Maybe we should take you, mom with you, us. Yeah. This is realize you go, okay, my mom's a bit of a badass. I'm I'm not going to get lippy <laughs> to her ever. Yeah. yeah. He ends up going back home and finds Gizmo in the laundry chute, uh, packing him into a backpack where he will spend quite a bit of the rest of the movie mm. floating around in that backpack. Uh, I feel like he should have emptied his backpack if he was going to have it be Gizmo's yeah, true. <laughs> carrying thing for the rest Pencils of the movie. Pencils and a ruler and all kinds it's of like shit. It's, he could have made it comfortable. Take things out, put a blanket in there, make it nice and comfortable comfortable for him if he's going to have to be in there for a while. Yeah, that's I mean, very that's true. the least you can do. But we've already discussed, he's a terrible pet owner. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Rand 
calls home again from the convention, but there's no answer. And Robbie the robot is actually doing lines from Forbidden Planet behind him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just repeating his dialogue from Forbidden uh. Planet. Billy tracks Stripe across town to the local YMCA pool. I love how he's just strolling across town with a sword. <laughs> And it's too late because Stripe hops over him into the swimming pool uh, to create hundreds of gremli. So many. And gets a quick slash in before he, before he swims. Yeah, I love the way that the pool bubbles. Mm, so then, ominous and scary. And then is filled with green light. And, like, you do exactly what Billy did. Get the fuck out of Dodge. I just left town. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to move. I'm just going to move. I'm going to move away and I'm going to keep moving. Yeah. 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 You see that, you go, right, the earth is fucked. Can I get somewhere where these aren't going to make it? <laughs> this is now zombie rules. <laughs> so the ones that come out of him when he goes in the water are, also are, all, are already the evil one. Like they're yes. already the ones, ones post-cocoon. Yes. yes. Interesting. Yeah. And do the ones that come out of him then spawn more? I'd Probably. say so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Till there's no more water left. Billy goes to the cops. <laughs> these cops. I know these cops. We'll talk about the cops. Okay. Well, do, They're you pretty terrible of, cops. You know one of these cops. I think I do, yeah. yeah. He explains to the sheriff what's been going on, but the sheriff and his deputy are both drunk <laughs> on Christmas Eve. <laughs> the deputy is the young, younger one. The younger one. Yeah. Do you know, you, you recognize I, him? I know. I, I should know where. Kira, did you recognize him? I didn't know. Is it from to... the pod? No. Oh. It's Jonathan Banks. That name sounds familiar. He's Mike from ba- Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh. oh my God. No, that's not where I thought he was from. And he is Hickey in the final season of Community. I'm Tiny Nuggins. I'm going to put my dagger down right here so we can just talk. Mm, human trash. You know, look, uh, I'm going to give it to you straight. We're looking for a necromancer. We don't need two goblins to find him. So between you and your friend, who do you think's the most useful? Oh. oh my God! No, that's not what who I thought it was going to be. It is. Right. Wow. Young Hickey. Okay. Holy shit! He's got a cartoon about a duck. Okay. <laughs> and, and nothing else. Lots of other stuff, but but that's where he's from. Oh the, wow! The sheriff. This is his final film role. He's an older guy. He'd been in lots of stuff since the Dante cast. Like he he also looked familiar. I haven't mentioned like I haven't mentioned like who plays the dad and the mum and stuff, but they're all just like working actors. Yeah. They're all like good character actors. And Dante uh, used to draw people from from older movies as well to put in, to put in his movies. Yeah, you probably know Jonathan Banks from other from other things. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but he's uh, he's Mike. Thank That's you, though, because that was right. killing me. Billy shows them Gizmo to prove that he's telling the truth. And then we get the only stop motion shot in the movie. This is where I can see the seams. Yeah, I mean, it's a stop motion shot. Yeah, for what it is, it's really good, though. Yeah, so we get a shot of, like, I don't know, is it 100 gremlins walking down the, walking down the street with the Fluttermans. His wife is decorating as he is watching TV. Uh, the TV starts flickering with static. It's a foreign TV. You should have bought a Xena. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's the gremlins because they're hanging from his antenna. Yeah. He goes outside to check the antenna and it's all busted. Hearing a noise from his garage, his plow starts and it's the gremlins driving it. They plow into his house and maybe crush him to death (laughs) and his wife to death. Yeah. So far, I mean, besides the wife, but like if we take him as racist and the science teacher is like, 
doing things a science teacher probably shouldn't. They kind of do in a public service at this point. Like no. they're just taking out the bad people. Okay. No, no. The science. There's nothing wrong with the science go to, teacher. Go to, go to Brody's YouTube channel to watch his video on why the gremlins are the good guys. My conspiracy the theories. It's okay. The Floodmans are in the sequel. Oh, okay. There is actually a news report later that says that they're okay. Oh, I thought it said they were almost. Almost crushed. Almost crushed to death. Oh my god! So they're still alive. So, such an idiot. Yeah. Montage of chaos time. <gasps> Even the evil gremlins are adorable. I have to say, I love the one with the hand puppets. The, yeah, I knew that you would do that. Well, I'm, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna list. I'm all sure them. you will. Yeah, I have to say, the gremlins make me laugh like a small child. Yeah, like I giggle the entire time that they are causing chaos on screen. Gremlins too is such a hard movie for me to watch. Really? Because it is so funny that oh. I will be in physical pain by the end of that movie. Really? I laugh so much. Okay. It is so ridiculously funny to me. The gremlins, yeah. the the evil chaos of the gremlins, even just the way that they laugh and move cracks me up. Yeah. It just makes me so I like, that, makes they're, me so I like that they're all different and they all have their own little yeah. things that they're doing. Which is something that gets expanded on in Gremlins 2. Gremlins mm. 2, you get a gremlin of every flavor you could possibly imagine. And I thought Gremlins 2 invented the girl gremlin, which there's definitely a girl gremlin in this one. Yeah. 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 No, they didn't invent that. We see a gremlin in a post office box spitting out letters. Yeah. To a priest, and then the priest just watches as another man gets eaten. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Which again, that's Dante like being a dark satirist. Yeah. The priest watches as another man gets eaten. Oh, gets eaten. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's deliberate that that man is a priest. <laughs> One is fucking with the traffic lights, causing causing car crashes. We don't even see the car crash. We just hear it. Which yeah. is again, it's just like oh, cheap. Oh my god! It's just cheap. Didn't even think about that. Cheap filmmaking. You yeah. can see the sound design. Meanwhile, Billy is still explaining to the cops, and then the cops get a phone call about the Floodermans. They tell Billy to go home as they go to check out the Floodermans. Stripe and some friends arrive at Mrs. Deagle's house. She has lots of cats. She is, in fact, yeah. a, an old cat, a cat lady. That does not surprise me. They are all named after different currencies. <laughs> I All of her cats are named after currencies. That's, so, that's such that's a good little detail. That's hilarious because she likes money. Yeah. yeah. A gremlin sneaks in her cat door and fucks with her stair climbing chair. So good. <laughs> such a good death. She then hears carolers so she and she hates mm. carolers. So she goes to the front door and it's gremlins singing their own fucking theme song. Yeah. <laughs> their I own theme this. music. Christmas carolers. I hate Christmas carolers. This is the only shot for me where I can see the seams because you can literally see a puppeteer. Oh, really? Where? On the behind shot, on the overshot, be- shooting over the gremlins to see Mrs. Deagle, yeah. you can see a the hand of a puppeteer holding, no. holding a rod to animate a gremlin. And it's the ah. only time in the whole movie where you can see one of the puppeteers. I, it doesn't even matter. No, not, doesn't not, even, not matter. even a little bit. Yeah. And also I spotted that when I was like a little kid. I've like known that that hand is there since I was a small. That, since I was did a that help with this Baby the fear at all? That. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Uh, Deagle runs inside, jumps on her chair, hits the, uh, the They've go come button. for me. They've come for me. I'm not ready oh, my, to. my heart. <laughs> and it rockets up the stairs, rockets up the same stairs four times. 
They quadruple cut the exact uh, same distance. Oh, that's gold. She passes that painting that is obviously of her husband four times. Oh, I didn't even notice. And then she is flung out a window, chair and all, landing right in front of the sheriff, feet up in the air like the Wicked Witch. Such a good death. <laughs> it's fantastic. Such a good death. Gremlins are eating a man dressed as Santa. <laughs> yes. So... Tell me what, so so what is the MO? Do they swarm people and kill them or do they do really elaborate like schemes to kill people? All of those things. <laughs> they just kill people. They all have they, different what? personalities, so it depends on what <laughs> that's they're into. True. Well, that's while so the cops true. are distracted looking at the, like Santa getting eaten, one of the others is underneath their car cutting their brakes. True. <laughs> they understand how cars work. Yeah, of course. Because they fuck with electrical things. That's what I love about the Gremlins myth. Pete is using a slingshot to shoot a bunch of them off his roof and then he uses a pair of scissors to cut a string of Christmas lights. Yeah, so we're also getting a Home Alone movie. Yeah. (laughs) The sheriff drives away and a truck ends up pulling in front of him and when he tries to hit his brakes, he has no brakes. Yeah. So we get a truck rollover. Yeah, We get a a rollover stunt, a car rollover, and you can see the metal plate welded to the bottom of the cop car to help it roll over. So with that, do they hit something with that plate and it flips them? So there's a railing attached to the back of the truck that they hit. So yeah. like a like a, a railing. And so what it's designed is that the plate will help it's them slide up it. Uh-huh. it won't, they won't get hung up on anything. So you're not going to get cut uh-huh. up, hung up on all the stuff underneath the car. I thought it was just like a bit of armor plating for them to hit something and flip the car. It, it also protects the car a little bit as well. So you can do the stunt multiple times without right. doing damage to the to the car. Yeah. And it helps it with the with the rollover. Yeah. Stripe is watching, having a great time laughing his ass off. <laughs> um, I love just quickly the cops in the car where they're like, they're seeing these little monsters attacking and they're like, yeah, let's go. Let's get out of here. We should leave. We should definitely not do cop stuff. Yeah, no. No, we should go back to the precinct and keep drinking. I mean, animals aren't their aren't there forte. Yeah, true. Call, call, call animal control. Yeah. Billy and Gizmo get his car started on the radio Pete has called into Rock and Ricky and he doesn't believe what's happening is real. And then we hear him get attacked by yeah. gremlins. Just with all the, the gremlins, sorry to jump back, just with all the gremlins doing their chaos, Ellie said something to There's me. There's more to come. When, when Ellie said something when we were watching this was that if this movie was CGI. Oh, it'd be terrible. It would be fucking terrible. And it's so true. Yeah. You need this, you need the physical uh, 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 characters to actually be there to make it scary. The puppetry like works, like yeah. it works a hundred percent. Yeah, there is a version of this movie that is this this CGI. Yeah. They made a they made a Gremlins three, which they've been trying to do. They've been trying to figure out Gremlins three for a long time. Oh really? Yeah. It would Absolutely, probably be. But like, if, if you do parts like where they're like moving and the the sense that they're quick is scary in CGI. In the original Gremlins, they're very limited. They couldn't do a lot of Gremlins moving and Mogwai moving, right? Yeah. Because they had to be wired in, right? Because there's so much shit attached to them yeah. to get them to perform that they had to be wired in. By the time they make the second movie, they're able to do stuff where Gizmo walks around in the second movie. So they oh. show the Gizmo walking in the second in the second movie. Okay, so. Now, if you did this movie with practical animatronics and used visual effects to delete rods and, yeah, okay. and other things that you need to, to make that puppetry work on a set, it would be amazing. But that isn't what we would do. We would just yeah. have CGI gremlins. Yeah. Which is stupid because there is a better way. Yeah. And yeah. see, it's funny because like with movies that are known to be like 
um, practical I mean, heavy like not- movies, they get they get th- this treatment in modern culture where it's like, no, we'll still do a lot of practical things and make them good. Mm. But I don't think a Gremlins would get treated like that. No, but then again, you also do get like filmmakers. The I mean, as much as I fucking hated the last three Jurassic Park movies. The third one, they use quite a few animatro- animatronics. Yeah, I for, can tell the shots. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff looks great. Yeah. Also, the animatronics are incredibly... Uh, the technology for the animatronics has gotten so much better in the past, like, 30 years. Because yeah, okay. you've now got... It used to be that animatronics were mostly controlled by, like, either radio control or they were controlled by wire. So it's a guy with a lever yeah, that now pulls, you could, pulls a lever. Now you could program a fucking robot with a raspberry Pi to fucking do anything you want. Exactly, right? Yeah. So that stuff could be incredible. And there are still people using it. Guillermo del Toro uses a lot of animatronic practical effects on his Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah, okay. There's lots of practical monsters. I still need to watch it, but it, honestly, I'm such a baby when it comes to horror. It's real good. <laughs> Rand on the road on his way back has stopped at a gas station. Still no answer. The attendant has cigarette butts everywhere, which is really gross. We come to another really good invention that he has. So Rand tries to tell him his Pelsa's smokeless ashtray. And as an old smoker, sometimes I still smoke, um, smokeless ashtrays are a thing. Sir, I noticed that you're, uh, you're a smoker. Hmm? I'd say I noticed that you're a smoker here. Mm-hmm. I see the cigarettes. I noticed here this uh, broken ashtray. Oh, yeah. Well, it's very fortunate that I happen to come by right now. Let me introduce myself. My name is Randall Peltzer. I'm an inventor. Fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. I make the illogical logical, and I have something here that I think you might be interested in. Oh. Yes, sir, I do. This is the Peltzer smokeless ashtray. Mm-hmm. I think this can solve your problem here, sir. Mm-hmm. Now we know where they came from. <laughs> yeah. The gremlins have overtaken Dory's tavern. And Kate is still serving them. This yeah, is no, so this good. is hilarious. Because still still why was she serving them in the first place? She can't get out from behind the bar. Ah, that so makes she's sense. So she's just doing her yeah, job true, to placate true, true. them. It's so funny. There's a flasher one. There's a flasher one, <laughs> which I will talk about in a second. So, yeah, they're all smoking and drinking. They're I love Smoking that. cigarettes. Yeah. This is a children's movie. Yeah. <laughs> they're smoking cigarettes and drinking. Oh. oh, they just don't make them like they used to. They really don't. One of them flashes her, which given the story that she tells in Gremlins 2, a parody of the one she's going to tell in a minute. Oh, no. Is very triggering for her. No. <laughs> Stripe's playing poker with some of the other gremlins and one of them is cheating, so he shoots him with an actual gun. We get the noir gremlin who's yeah. wearing a fedora yeah. who is then harassed by a gremlin that has hand puppets. Yeah, yeah. the hand puppets are so cute. <laughs> that was fucking adorable. A flash dance one. Flash dance gremlin. Yeah. Break dancing. One of the gremlins is playing an arcade game. He is playing the Star Wars Trench Run arcade game. Oh, yeah. I played that game. Yeah. Kate is trying to light their smokes for them. This is a fucking acid trip, man. And then realizes that they don't like light, so she uses a camera to... Cameras flash, Polaroid cameras flash to blind them and escape from behind the bar. She's almost on her way out, and a gremlin in a balaclava with a gun... Yeah. Tries to that mug That was her. so unsettling. That was so fucking unsettling. Billy Billy pulls up outside and shines the lights of his car through the window so the gremlins freak out. And that's how she is able to escape. It's so good. The it's fucking mugger gremlin just coming out of the corner with a balaclava and a fucking revolver <laughs> was so unsettling to see. Like, I actually... 
as an adult watching it like for like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. I was like, what the fuck? That is such a like, that's a scarring thing to see. It's such an, like this is a children's movie. <laughs> and also he's trying to hide his identity. Yeah. <laughs> what did he look like? I don't know, like all the other fucking gremlins in the power club, right? <laughs> they try to escape in his car, but of course it won't start again. So they run. And the whole town is in fucking chaos. There's like people running around screaming mm. with gremlins on, on top of them and all kinds of stuff. They hide in the bank. <laughs> and like, they immediately recognize that gremlins have been in there or are in there. And they're like, let's hold up here for a second. Well, it's, it's not really important because what's important is what's about to happen. Oh my so Billy God. explains what they are. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? They're gremlins, Kate. Just like Mr. Futterman said. And now she has another reason to hate Christmas. But like also, why do you immediately go to the, like the guy, the drunk guy telling a story about gremlins going, these must be gremlins. Well, they are gremlins. I know, but the mental maths isn't really there. Okay. Who cares about that? <laughs> Can we talk about the story? That she's yes, to please. So I'm going to cut the whole fucking thing in. The worst thing that ever happened to me was on Christmas. Oh God, it was so horrible. It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and Mom were, were decorating the tree, waiting for Dad to come home from work. A couple hours went by. Dad wasn't home. Mom called the office. No answer. Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. So the police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. Firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve, his arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck, died instantly. And that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. That is the heaviest fucking thing in any movie, like dark comedy, dark fucking horror, anything that I've ever heard before. It is so fucking dark and it makes me laugh so much, much right? <laughs> it's so fucked up. Kira's like, no. Oh, it's the weirdest fucking thing. It's so... Like to be tonally, in that spot just there is so fucking weird. It is so tonally like out there in terms of how like it's such a shift towards yeah. absolute fucking pure darkness that there is no way that it is serious. But also it like has, it absolutely positively is there so that you go what the fuck yeah. and laugh. But like also the way it's brought up, yes. the, the 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 segue for her to tell that story is just not there. It's so good. <laughs> it's so bizarre. 
bizarre. So in the second movie, she goes into a similar like catasonic no. few tape and just tells a different story. No. And Billy interrupts her. Like he doesn't <laughs> let her finish the story. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. He doesn't let her finish the story. <laughs> Like, this is something that she does all the time because she's always got a dark story about something. Oh so the second God. movie makes fun of the first movie. It's fantastic. It's so fucking heavy and so fucking funny. Kira's, Kira's just like, this is, no, this is not funny. Was it what too much for you? People? I don't like sad cases. I, I love a bit of gallows humour and yeah. this is like I don't mind gallows humour. I mind anything that is negative about Christmas. Like, there's nothing funnier to me than when someone's just died and you're like, to, like everyone's grieving and then someone makes a joke about that person dying. That to me is like the epitome of gallows humor. Oh, yeah, totally. And this fucking like rivals that kind of shit. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. It was so dark and so funny that the studio wanted to cut it out. Oh <laughs> yeah. I can see why, but they well, didn't. it's a children's movie and they're saying Santa's not real. Also, he has no response to it. He <laughs> well, does what not are you supposed to say? <laughs> No, wait, I have another story. In that scenario, when he, what are you supposed to say? So true. Yeah, but like, like stammer out an awkward response, but like he just does not even give it any light of day. So the studio was supportive of, of Spielberg, right? Yeah. But they were also a little concerned about this movie. Okay, about, which you should be. They did at one point ask if they could cut down the amount of gremlins in the movie. Okay. If there could be less gremlins in the movie called Gremlins. And Spielberg response was, well, why don't we just cut them all out and call the movie People? <laughs> that's such a weird note. Such a weird note. Because the amount brings the horror, but then cycling through all the different characters brings the comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't have similar notes for Gremlins too. Mm. So we then get a big craning shot of the abandoned streets as Billy and Kate walk down it. And we get this really nice, like, eerie Christmas tune. Yeah. Yeah. And then to the right, just out of frame, is the Hill Valley Clock. They are walking down the same part of the street where the DeLorean leaves the 1950s from at the end of Back to the Future. I did not clock it. The <laughs> theatre that the Gremlins have now gone to gather in is in the back of that shot. It's in the back of the back of the frame in, in Back to the Future. Oh, shit. It's the same corner where Marty runs around yeah, yeah, in yeah. Back to the Future 2 to tell Doc that he's back. <laughs> yeah, hectic. It's the exact same spot. So, yeah, the gremlins have gone somewhere dark, all gathered together, and it's the movie theatre. Billy and Kate sneak in, and the gremlins are watching fucking Snow White. And they love it. And are singing along, and I swear that this is one of the greatest things to ever happen so in good. cinema. <laughs> yeah. Them singing hi ho. It's up to work we go. It I is. Love that. It makes me laugh so much. So gremlins are born knowing Snow White songs. Yeah, is it, <laughs> I think they're mimics, right? Uh, because we've learnt from from Gizmo that they're mimics. Yeah. So Gizmo hears a tune and then repeats a tune. Yeah, and because he, that song is in the movie more uh, than once. Interesting. Well, they only. Well, no, no, what's amazing is is they've only figured out they put on one reel. Because they don't know how projector works. They put on the reel that has that song in it. Uh, because at the end of this sequence, that reel ends. Yeah. Um, All right. The wide shot of the whole cinema filled with gremlins mm. is an optical composite. Ah. Uh, where, because they didn't have that many fucking gremlins. Oh, that makes so much so sense. So they just filmed it in sections. So they fill a section with gremlins, film it, move all the gremlins, fill a section, 
film it. That's so clever. And then and again and again and again repeating. That would have been so much work. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. But uh, worth it. So yeah. Gizmo starts humming along to Hi Ho as well. Yeah. <laughs> because they're mimics. Yeah. yeah. He's so cute. See, that's so funny. I was like, huh, is there like some link there with the like seven dwarves or anything like that? No. Yeah. They just like the song. Yeah. They just like the song. What's really interesting is this is a Warner Brothers movie shot on the Universal backlot that features <laughs> part of a Disney film. Yeah. It's a different time. It really is. Yeah. Billy and Kate head to the boiler room, which you get to from it through a trapdoor behind the screen. Yeah. Weird. Stripe is obsessed with milk duds. He says milk duds a bunch of times and he's out. So he goes looking for some and they're not finding any. He spots a sign for candy in a window of, of a department store that is across the street, which is good for him. Yeah. Because Billy opens up a gas valve in the basement. He dodges genocide. Starts a fire with a rag. Also, is this not triggering for our love interests? Like she just told a story about her father dying in fire. Or a it wasn't in fire. It wasn't in fire. True, true, Started, true. He broke his neck climbing oh down a chimney. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did. <laughs> And they found him when she went to go start a fire. broke his neck and got stuck in a chimney. He was jammed in the chimney. And then she started a fire and the smell was bad. Well, she went to go start a fire. So heavy. (laughs) As they're exiting, the reel for that that reel of Snow White ends and the gremlins see them silhouetted behind the screen Mm. and start chasing them. But Kate and Billy get out into the alleyway, barricading the door. Seeing the gremlins behind the screen coming towards the screen, that's pretty horrifying. That's pretty good. I think that might be animation. Ah. I think that might be the one place where the gremlins are animated. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. The whole cinema blows up. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> this was a much bigger explosion than expected and blew out windows around the rest of the studio. Awesome. Which Warner Brothers then had to pay for because <laughs> it was the universal lot. Oh, yeah. I love how, like, there's no hesitation from Billy, Billy to just destroy, destroy a building. Destroy yeah. part of the town. It's like, this is, like, he's just come to terms with this is end game, like, like Well, there's that many tiny monsters. What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. <laughs> there's a rainstorm. We fucked. Yeah. Stripe <laughs> is watching from the window that he has broken into and Billy and Kate stop him. And then they go over and break in. To the department store with the tiny toy. Oh, yeah, that would not smash that window. That yeah. would break the toy. That thing is made of plastic and that glass is made of glass. The grabber. The plastic grabber. I reckon I could I reckon I could smash a window with that toy. I think you'd be more likely to snap the thing in half. Either yeah. way. Okay. <laughs> and there'd be maybe a little bit of a crack. <laughs> yeah. Inside the department store, they need to stop Stripe from getting to water and starting this all over again. Skateboarding Stripe. Yeah. <laughs> so casually too. He's so casual. just skateboarding around. Billy and Kate share their first kiss, which. How is this the moment? It's, it's not the moment. And Gizmo <laughs> is like right there watching between them as well. It's kind of weird. He yeah. sends her and Gizmo to go find some light switches so they can kind of corral Stripe, I guess. Billy searches in the dark for Stripe who torments him with a TV because apparently he understands how cameras work. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, like, only one of those TVs turn on as well. Like, yeah. Isn't that the time where you do the whole wall? The whole, yeah. Yeah. Kate does find the control room and just starts flipping switches. She turns on a fountain. All of this sequence, department stores are such a good place for this shit to happen, yeah, don't you right. reckon? Yeah, because you've got lots of different, you got just, different departments, you got yeah, aisles and you've things. Got toys, you got sports, like, car and shit. Like, there's so much possibility in a department store. Yeah. Billy passes by Stripe, who is hiding on a shelf. Behind an ET plush toy. Oh, I didn't clock that. There's also some Looney Tunes and some Smurf stuff. Oh, well done. That's fantastic. Throwing saw blade stripe. 
<laughs> followed by a tricycle stripe. Yeah, that was so good. Is that like a like a Damien or or a horror reference? At I all? think it's just fun. No, I think okay. it's just fun that he's the size of a toddler, so you can put him on a tricycle. Right, and right, also, right. he's not moving his legs and pedaling. They make the pedals move, which makes it look like his legs are moving. Oh, that's so clever. I didn't right? think about that. Yeah, you motorize the tricycle. Oh, that's so clever. Gizmo basically just goes to help. <laughs> like he just leaves Kate alone. Yeah. As Billy is being wailed on by baseball throwing machine stripe, crossbow stripe, and chainsaw stripe. Yeah. I love I how love he has a little mini crossbow. Yeah. That like freaks me out. Getting the idea of being shot by a tiny arrow as a child. Also, yeah, the review is right. That chainsaw is fucking terrifying when he comes at him with a chainsaw. Yeah. But also, that would have gone through that bat so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. you were saying, what is that bat made out of? Gizmo and his Barbie dream car. That's the so rescue. cute. I love <laughs> so it. Cute. And you. It's so good. It's so fantastic. It's amazing. Again, they just make a remote control car and put a gizmo on it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Kate finally finds some lights. I have a Barbie car that looks a bit Dream like that. And you have a gizmo in it. Yes. Oh, I should but we can't make it our powers combined. That's okay. You can just stand in it. Yeah, okay. Kate finally finds some lights. Strap's blinded and is dragged away by his chainsaw. I love yes. the way he's dragged. He could just let go, but he can't let go because his hand is actually attached to the chainsaw. <laughs> he sees a fountain and also a gun. Those two things are convenient. I love that. He's just like, gun. <laughs> Fountain, gun, water, no, water, gun. Yeah, yeah water, gun. Outside, Rand's back in town and Barney jumps out of the car and into the store as Rand stops near the department store. Oh, and we do hear on the radio that Rock and Ricky is okay and still broadcasting. <laughs> the gremlins didn't get him, man. Gizmo's still driving around. He almost hits Barney, but Barney does this little hop jump to get out of the yeah. way, yeah. which is very cute. In the garden center, this is just a quick aside. There is a Triffid plant in the garden uh, center from the science fiction movie Day of the Triffids, Triffids, which is about plants that take over the planet Earth. And that's just Joe Dante paying pay tribute to B-movies of the I would not know the what they looked like. I don't know either. That is a piece of trivia that, uh. I, that I learned. My, well, most of my information for this movie comes from the director's commentary. Strap climbs the fountain. Uh, he starts bubbling. We get Gizmo driving off a shovel ramp. It was great. He crashes and then he grabs the sash of a blind, riding it up. He's the hero of this film. Yes, he is. And we're going to talk about something in a second. So sunlight spills onto Stripe. And what we're going to talk about is, did you notice the awkward action from Billy? There's some awkwardness to his movements. Okay. He kind of teleports from where he was when we last saw him over to standing next to a wall. And as we cut to him, he's putting his hand down like he's just finished a piece of action. Okay. Ah, because originally he also opened a blind. Ah. Gizmo opened a blind and then he opened a blind. Right. So it was both of them killing Stripe. But Spielberg told Dante to cut it out, Billy opening the blind, because it was redundant. And if you left it the way it is in the final movie, it plays like Gizmo is the hero. That's mine. That's fantastic. Which he likes better. Gizmo is a hero. Yeah. To which Zach Gallagher was like, what? <laughs> why, why did that happen? <laughs> I was the hero of this movie. Yeah. But he, he really isn't like his mom, his mom is 
good. He's the reason that it starts in the first place. He's the problem in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he's the problem. He's only cleaning up his own mess. Stripe melts down. And I still find it this really gross. It goes on for so long. <laughs> so good. He and when bubbles he pops and melts. back out. Oh my God. Yeah, so he so pops good. out for one last scare and then his skeleton dissolves into, yeah. into green goo. Rand arrives just in time to ask, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. I, I had the It's a strange situation for him thought. to come back into. I had a vague memory that I thought that like the bubbling, like there was something where like Stripe still kept living because the <laughs> bubbling didn't stop or something no. like that. But no, it's just, it's He's done. Just melted. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Gizmo, save Christmas. Yay, Gizmo. So everybody is back home. Kate's with the family. And on the news, apparently it was a riot or maybe just mass hysteria. <laughs> yeah. Which is I love scary. how the news story <laughs> opens like, up with a riot and then, no, we're reporting on mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Yeah, everyone's real cozy. And then Mr. Wing just appears and he wants his mogwai back. Honey, this is the gentleman who sold me the Mogwai. So, an interesting choice of words. Conflicting eyewitness reports concerning little green men. You teach him to watch television. I, uh, oh no. He's annoyed that they taught him to watch television. Yeah. <laughs> I've always loved. I understand why he has to do this, but Gizmo should get to choose. I think well, Gizmo wants to go back. They're too He's irresponsible to He's take care of Mogwai. Pretty badly. They're not ready. But as they go to leave. Yeah, is he saying that about the family or Western culture? <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> as they leave, Gizmo wants to talk to Billy and he says, bye bye, Billy. Bye, Billy. Yeah. Very cute. And you Mr. understand what he says? He's speaking English, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wing says to him, perhaps one day he may be ready. Sequel. Rand gives Mr. Wing a smokeless ashtray. <laughs> yeah. As a thank you gift. And, an and the line yeah. there, the line there is like, oh, gas station. Um, Attendant tried to sell me one. Latest in technology. Thank you very much. It's such a good line. Yeah. And we see another beautiful map painting of Kingston Falls as Rand reminds us to keep a lookout for gremlins. He really, it, if the son was narrating in the end, it would make sense. But it, I don't understand why he's narrating. He, he wasn't story. even there. I know. <laughs> I know. And that is Gremlins. Such a good movie. It yeah. Is. I want a gizmo. Get me a gizmo for Christmas. Okay. Like a real one. Yeah, a real yeah. one. We should, we, we could genetically, we could splice that shit okay, together. We can right? do that shit, yeah. yeah. I want one. Okay. An appropriate age to have seen Gremlins. <sighs> I would normally say a little bit, I would skew younger. But really? I watched this when I was younger and it scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> and I realize why I don't remember very much about this film because I have avoided it for my adult life. Much like the comedy vampire movie with Leslie Nielsen that weirdly scared the shit out of me. Dracula dead and yes. loving it. Yes, <laughs> it gave Christ. me fucking, I was scared of vampires because of that movie. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know why. You know those weird things that just give you... Dread yes. about something. This was one of those movies. So I would say at least 15. I was going to say 10. <laughs> 10 to 12. I, I, I've been scarred. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I would say 13, actually. 13 is a good age to see it. 
probably five or six when yeah. I saw this movie. <laughs> no, did it fucking scare you? It freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> it, I remember this movie freaking me out for a long time. Yeah. Like, I loved it because I loved Gizmo and I thought the gremlins were funny, but I was also scared of the gore. Mm. I, I remember like legitimately feeling queasy by the, really? ki- by the kitchen scene when I was a small child. I remember ne- like wanting to turn this off and not being able to right. because I was watching it with siblings. Would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's Gremlins. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good fun. I mean, we're going to do Gremlins too. Yeah, Yay. Yeah. It's Gremlins 2, not a Christmas movie. Uh-huh. Sad. A rating for Gremlins. We rate movies on a five-star scale with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine, three being I like this movie, four being I love this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Solid four for me. Yeah, it, same. It, yeah. I would give it more because it's got that cultural identity to it, but for me it, it's not part of my cultural identity, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely love this movie. It mm. is not one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. 4.5. 4.5. Yeah. It kind of is a five, but I like Gremlins 2 more. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I can't really rate it a five. I'm excited for Gremlins 2 now. No, oh, such a good time. Okay. Next week, this is our last regular episode of the year. And next week we're doing something different. We're going to be opening our presents. Mm-hmm. When we talk about our favorite movies and TV of 2022. Yes. Which we can look forward to. I'm very excited for a different type of episode. It is going to be mm. a very yeah. different, different type of episode. So come back for that or don't come back for that. Don't like, don't subscribe. No, come back. Come back. You should come definitely back. come back. Yeah. Stay away from bright light. Yeah. Hey, do, <laughs> do that. Stay inside. But definitely listen put, to podcasts. Definitely put water on them because you can just make a fortune out of selling gizmos. <laughs> but they're all the bad ones. Sell gizmos. That pelts a pet. It's weird when we don't get to pick movies. At the yeah, end. no. It it's got a weird energy. We just like finished. I guess. Like the, end of the, the end of the podcast is real short. Do you guys yeah. just want to pick movies for fun or? I like movies. And? Uh, Mogwai. I have nothing. <laughs> I have no lines. Smokeless ashtray. Scene. 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 <laughs> Sounds a bit.